There are some very dark things happening. And I've got this lonely feeling like I'm the only one who knows, the only one who can do anything about it. Everybody's got a ghost story, UFO or Bigfoot story. Now, now what I think, I think stuff is both real and not real at the same time. I'm not a Star Trek fan. I don't know very much about other dimensions and all that. I'm an old school Catholic. I believe in hell. I believe that it's more than just murderers and rapists down there. I believe in demons and worms and vile shit, the grease trap of the universe. And the more I think about it, the more I think that it's not just some place down there. Oh no, that it's right here with us. We just can't perceive it. It's kind of like the country music radio station. It's out there, in the air, even if you don't tune into it. And I think that somehow through chemistry or magic or voodoo, that Jamaican son of a bitch, he tuned into it, into hell itself. Through that, he opened the door, he became the door. And me, I intend to close it. Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 122. Welcome to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. For today's episode, Mike dies at the end. Hey, whoa, whoa, spoilers, what? man. Oh, sorry, man. Come on, guys. Yeah. Do I really? Yeah. Fuck. It happens, dude. Yeah, sorry. Not now. <laughs> it shouldn't happen now. But now the question is, now that everybody knows that you die at the end, is this episode really worth listening to? Well, yeah, it, it's it's the journey, not not the destination, James. Oh, okay. So what happens between now and the next, like, two hours? Yeah. I mean, this... It's you the, don't know what could happen. It's the journey, not the destination. That's beautiful. All right, I'm, I'm a poet. You are a poet <laughs> and a scholar. Damn poet, man! I just to be a dead poet. I, <laughs> I just, I just heard a. I heard a, there's a whole society for those. I just heard a chugging sound. I, 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 no, really, I, nothing. What? No. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I, I made a dead poet. I, I made on. a dead poet society joke. He already don't. made a dead poet reference. You don't need to. Just shut up. <sighs> I'm trying to say... This is a very disappointing last two hours of my life, guys. <laughs> this is a live guys I just, conversation. I just heard this, talk to other live people. I just heard like a big chugging sound in my cans here. Yeah. And uh, and and I and I go, yeah, that's a that's a nice healthy drink of your your beer over there, Jay. And I look at him, <laughs> and he's just just tipping a bottle of Jack to the sky, like a man. <laughs> I haven't had Jack in a long time. It sounded. Uh, it was it, really. It was really a healthy chug. It was pleasing. Wow. It was, it was, the the bottles gave it, off these pheromones. It, 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 it wasn't intentional that big. At first, I went to go for just a little nip, and I barely got a lipper out of it. And mm-hmm. then I was like, "Oh, I, it, that wasn't enough. I need to tip it just a little more." And I whoa, whoa. A, wee, a wee nip and a it, wee nap. It wasn't supposed to be that big, but then he turned it on, and mm, it just mm, mm, it just mm. got just, huge. That's Jay's game, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, how you doing, boys? Uh, good. Well, I'm uh, I'm no longer dying that's good oh, yeah. last, last week yeah. i was talking like that but you, i wasn't actually that bad i think you actually I still actually, cracked I more think than i think i cracked me. more than you did yeah uh i am i'm cured though <clears throat> good through the through the through the the, the power of science the, through the power of eastern medicine a lot of holistic uh like 
chakra crystals yep. and all yep. that bullshit. Yep. Mike is finally back I from actually, the dead. I actually need to go in for surgery next week, though. I, <clears> I, I couldn't remove one of the crystals. <laughs> I figured if I, I figured that if I got it closer to my soul, they would they would they would heal me. Better. He was he was trying to reach his heart chakra through his anus and oh uh, the anus the anus and one of the crystals got stuck. So it's kind of pointy. You're gonna little, you're probably gonna, you're probably gonna see my wife in in prehab. So tell me again how you got this crystal up your ass? Was my well, husband involved? Well, <laughs> I, I think what he means was his last name was Toll, first name Chris. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but stuff. All I, right. <laughs> What's going on? What have you been up to, Jay? Well, I uh, I had an. I don't know if I mentioned it before on the show, but mm-hmm. so we record this podcast at a house, and um, I, I uh, a studio. Yes, it's a studio inside of a house. Studio house. And um, there is. I got a parking ticket after one of our episodes of recording. Oh, I do uh, yes, a yeah. Yeah. Right It was in October, actually. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I mentioned it on the show after that or not. I don't think I did. I think you did. And so I was parked in my driveway in the approach, right? Mm-hmm. Park between the street and the sidewalk. And this city, they're, they're very particular. If you're blocking the sidewalk even by an inch yeah. or barely hanging your bumper in the street, they will ticket you, right? Right. And I'm always aware of that. And I definitely check every time I park there. And I was not. I had about a foot of clearance on either side. So mm-hmm. good, right? We come out from recording. It's like tw- quarter after 12, after midnight, and uh, there's a parking ticket on the windshield. And we're like, what the heck, man? And it says, parking ticket for parking and approach when plenty of parking was available on the street. Mm-hmm. And this was written seven minutes before we walked out the door. Yeah. And at the time when parking there a few hours prior, there was not plenty of parking in the street. And so, whatever, I know a, a cop in a nearby large city that, or not a cop anymore, but he's high up a sergeant, detective, Ooh, whatever one of the top is, fancy. he's a family friend. Mm-hmm. And so, we said, hey, you know, is this a, le- a legit thing? And he's like, no, that looks pretty BS to me. So, I, I actually know that officer. He's a friend of mine. I will tell him to take it back for you. So, he, the, the op- writing officer took the ticket back yeah. and was going to wipe it clean. So no charge, right? Mm-hmm. So a month later, I Hope get a thing in the, the mail. I get, <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get, a, I get a letter in the mail a month later saying, "Hey, you didn't pay this. We doubled your fine." What? And so that was in November. Come I'm on. sorry, in December, right? Breaking the law. Breaking and so, the law. He, and he <laughs> said, "So we got to hold him again." I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's taken care of. I'm taking care of it right now. <clears throat> and so yesterday, I get a thing in the mail that says, "You've uh, missed your court date. You missed this. Multiple what? attempts to get you. If you don't pay this in ten days, we're, we're suspending your license and putting a warrant out for your arrest." Oh, I'm like, we're in the I, midst of a felon. I've yes. never done anything wrong in my life, and now I'm going to be arrested for <laughs> this is awesome for, <laughs> for someone giving me a parking ticket. You're a fugitive. I know it. Ah, so I went going to get arrested. Huh? <laughs> so I went and paid the doubled fine ticket. Oh, are you well, serious? You paid it. You paid yeah. it? Yeah. Even yeah. after this schmuck said no, that he would clear go, it for you, you should have gone to court. You could have asked them probably to set up another court date, right? Like go in there and explain what happened. Remember, like like this was and 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 the guy that you know could have come with you and said, right? But they probably would have said, hey, well, you got that. You should have paid it. You missed the first time. You didn't contact us. That they would have made me look like the bad oh, guy for not reaching out. Did you for get a summons, like an, a, a second summons to court or anything? Like no, that? just the initial one that says you can come to court on this date to fight it or. Or pay it, you know? Oh, for crying out loud. So isn't that a bunch of BS? That though? sucks, man. It's like, come on, I would, I, if I knew that, I would have paid it right away the first time at yeah. 40 bucks for a bullshit ticket oh, anyway. I'd, I'd, I'd be sucks. pissed. That dude owes you like a reach around or something. Yeah, I know. Well, if yeah. he ever asks me for any recording work, I'm tacking on $75 to his extra 
<laughs> oh, that's bullshit, man. <laughs> that sucks, dude. That was that's been my week. So. Well, hey, one one good thing came out of all this. Uh, I learned that the the front part of your driveway is called the approach. You see that? It? Never knew that. No. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it makes sense. I just never knew that. I got a front you part are... of something I like to call an approach. If you want to see it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. My body's ready. Uh, oh, I wasn't <laughs> really going to show you. And, and he, it's weird because you actually hang your bumper about a foot above the That's above right. Jay's approach. That's right. I do. <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> That's good. You tried. So that's that's my week. What's you what you guys? Uh, Nothing really. I've just been uh, been doing a lot of school. School. I know, right? I got to carve out. Weird. I got to carve out like ten to fifteen hours a week for uh, for school. Uh, He's also got to wade through the bullshit incompetence of his of one of his professors. Uh, The other one's almost worse. Wait, yeah, I'll tell you about it off off. Yeah, that's fine. You don't need Um, to go into it, but yeah, it's just it's just these lectures these guys do are are very difficult. Um, Outside of that, though, I've been taking a break from the uh, school stuff and I've been watching I've been going down the YouTube rabbit hole a lot you're already taking a break from school you just started like five days ago in the middle of an assignment or whatever (laughs) I need to like look away and clear my head Uh and so I started going down the the YouTube rabbit hole the other day and uh, have you seen this movie Bird Box everyone's talking about I just watched it yeah okay so I have not seen it yet but supposedly the whole thing is that they can't see whatever is coming and they have to be blindfolded sure yeah now have you heard about these Bird Box challenges that people are doing yes idiots oh my fucking god like there's one that I actually think is pretty cool uh there's a restaurant that is doing the bird box challenge where basically you go to the restaurant they blindfold you and they just bring you food yeah and yeah. that's actually really cool sure in a controlled environment yes. go for it you Do know all what's the not bird cool? box cool blindfolding to... yourself and then driving oh, into idiots, like oncoming man. traffic or blindfolding yourself and walking through traffic right no. that is not fun no that the, the accident uh, just happened locally here the somebody other day. died yeah it's oh, a, somewhere, somewhere in the country if I, if I read it right someone actually died oh my god like I, I, it was ridiculous the guy, the guy locally Died, I believe. Is that what it was? A young girl was doing it. It was in uh, one of the cities nearby us. I, it's just, it's so stupid. Why are people so stupid? And then Netflix had to actually release a thing that said, well, it was pretty informal. I think it was just a tweet, but it was like, yeah. please do not put yourself in danger doing the quote unquote bird box challenge. They shouldn't have to do this. Like no, they shouldn't have to. All over again. Right. Um, and then, then there was another video of some kid that jumped off of the side of a cruise ship, like 175 oh, feet dude, to the water. I saw that today. Yeah. And like his friends are like sitting there like egging him on or whatever. I'm like, you could have just killed your friend. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from the guy that used to do really dumb shit. But yeah. only 174 foot cruise ships right? for you though. Right? You know right. your limits. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, like like I used to do dumb shit when I was when I was younger or whatever, and like you know, stupid pranks or whatever. Like, but like the, there's a line that you just don't cross. And the I, I just don't get it. I know that I'm like just I'm just wasting. Well, how do you get back on the cruise ship after? Uh, the, he got picked up by a boat that brought him to shore, and the cops brought him back to the cruise ship to get his stuff, and then arrested him. Oh, good. Yeah, and all of his friends got kicked off, and they're banned from Carnival or whoever it is. Good, good. Awesome. That's like jumping out of an airplane that you're not supposed to jump out of. Like, <laughs> Perfectly good yeah. airplane. I don't think they'd be walking him back to the plane afterwards. <laughs> We're gonna fly you back up with a reverse parachute to this plane. <laughs> And, uh, a reverse parachute. Yeah, you just go upside down with it, and it sucks you upwards. TM, trademark. Actually, <laughs> we're, we're calling that one. Uh, a reverse it's parachute the world. would just be a hot air balloon, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can trademark that, James. Oh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going reverse parachuting this morning. <laughs> but people, but, but PD, 
Public service announcement: Stop doing stupid stuff and yeah. blindfolding yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do the do the a quiet place challenge instead. Put earplugs in and cover your ears and go to a concert and be like, "Ha I can't hear it." <laughs> like, do do the opposite. That's not causing danger to anyone. But don't drive with it. This because is just that a waste of money. Or what's what's that other uh, the other really harmless challenge? When where you jump into a bear enclosure at the zoo? Do that one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's fine. the bear box challenge. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something very different. trademark. <laughs> trademark. TM. Purple TM. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I, I, James. I, went, I went down the. Uh, you went down the, uh, the. What was that? The YouTube rabbit hole? The YouTube rabbit hole. I went down the thought rabbit hole. I thought you were going to say the Hershey Highway. I thought he was going to say the Pornhub rabbit hole. <laughs> no, I've been, I've been 75 pages deep on that before. That's shit you never want to see. No, I went down. I, I was actually on my way here and I, I went down the thought rabbit hole. Oh, okay. I, uh, Did you I, get lost in, in, in your uh <clears throat> Lost in my thoughts there? a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I stopped. I got a Slim Jim, right? I was picking up some ice, got myself a Slim Jim. I haven't had one in a long time. And like, I'm, I'm Jim, but I'm not I'm slim. Not, I'm no longer slim. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm driving here, and I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. It's peppery. It's snappy. It's juicy. It's delicious. Just like I haven't, and I realized, man, I haven't had a Slim Jim in quite a long time. And then I got to thinking, I was like, up until today, I haven't had one in whatever, you know, a year or something like that. Sure. There's going to be a point in my life where I eat my last Slim Jim. There will be a point in my life where I eat a Slim Jim and then I never have another Slim Jim for the rest of my life. That's, it could have just happened. And then, of course, that took me down, you know, into darker places. You end up at, like, the, the ultimate, like, oh, everybody I know. And love is gonna die someday. Jesus, <laughs> I went from I went from man, I haven't had a slim gym in a long time to oh my god, we're all gonna die. What 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 would happen though in this weird twist of fate if everybody that you know and love died in a freak slim gym accident? <laughs> like, what does that even look like? You just get beaten to death by slim gyms. I don't know. That would take a long time. You know how sad that story just made me tragic. though. Why? It made me as sad as did you ever see that poster where they're like picture where they're like there's a point in every mom's life where they'll never pick their child up ever again yes and I've, I was that's how you just made me feel I've I've heard that before and I was home I was home la, I think probably earlier last summer this mm -hmm. past summer and I was talking to my dad about that because I was like you know my kids are getting older and stuff and I'm like did you did you make your dad pick you I up I made my dad pick me <laughs> up yeah because I was like one day one day is going to be the last time you pick your children up and that's kind of depressing to think about and i was like dad pick me up <laughs> and he picked me up i was like now at least you know i'm that, 30 that will be the last time i'm 33 and i fully <laughs> intend on at least once a year having him pick me up until he can't anymore <laughs> you know pick and I'm me gonna... up you son of a bitch i'll care for you in a wheelchair and a walker i can't i'm so old <laughs> come on piece of shit <laughs> to god your dad sounds like that when he said <laughs> I'm sorry for using this harsh language. You would never use that language to your father. With my oh. dad, I might. You know. <laughs> yeah, you probably, yeah, you probably would. Pick me up, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, you absolutely would. I'd call, him, would. A, I'd call him a cocksucker because that's his favorite thing to say <laughs> when he gets mad. Cocksucking motherfucker. <laughs> I love when my dad gets in that in that mode. It's usually yeah, when he's your golfing. Dad, your dad and Guillermo del Toro have uh, have that in common. That's oh, his, yeah, he that's says cocksucker, yeah. Cocksucker motherfucker. That's a great, it's a great uh, little line of uh, verbiage. You're, you like get it. to be a poet for that moment. Exactly. <clears throat> Just All like right. Mike was a poet earlier. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, so speaking of people doing stupid things, we do some stupid things. 
on sometimes a, on a weekly basis. And so boy, what? was last week not an exception. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's talk about it. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, uh, we have uh, a whole gaggle of collect. Co- oh my! Not collections. A corrections. Whole, a whole gaggle of corrections. Whole gaggle of corrections. Okay. Uh, um, the Undertaker debuted in 1990, not 1994. And oddly enough, that's on you. It's on me. Oddly enough, though, mm-hmm. I know that you're not a big wrestling fan, but he debuted under the name Kane the Undertaker. Ooh. Which six years later, they would have a character named Kane that played his brother. I wonder if there's something there. Oh, it is. If it's like Absolutely. a like a dark half kind of thing. Could be. You know what I mean? Could like, be. Uh, Could like, be. like the dude is actually like Kane is actually his. It, like a physical all these years uh, like, 20 like a, years they're gonna finally come out with it <laughs> Kane is actually like a physical manifestation of his well he's a, a mayor now his he's, rage or something Kane is now know. the mayor of Knox County Tennessee so like in real life <laughs> yeah. oh, he cool. still wrestles though which is really weird so he's the mayor of of a, of, a, of, a, of Knox County but he then puts on a mask and becomes like the hell spawn it's really bizarre mayor of hard Knox. yeah I was gonna say they should change <laughs> Knox County to hard Knox if he's the mayor um I said that um new mutants this was the third time that we had talked about new mutants last uh-huh. week it was not it was only the second time oh. however what we could have talked about and didn't would have been the third time we could have talked about death house because death house still is not out. That, it's not? Nope. I don't believe so. Maybe that's another correction. <laughs> I don't believe that it I'm is, I'm pretty though. sure it is. I don't think so. Yeah, because I thought people were talking about how crappy it was. I don't think so. Mm, just keep right, going. Well, I'm going well, to we'll look it up that. just to avoid another um, correction. I did not mean to say, this is more of a clarification, I did not mean to say that Lupita Nyong'o wasn't beautiful in Black Panther, just that <laughs> in Us, you're seeing her more for her. That's all I was saying. Yeah. Because uh, she actually was pretty fucking gorgeous in Black Panther too. She's gorgeous all the time yeah. is what you mean to say. Yeah, yes, thank yes. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm not good with the words. Yep. Um, I got Mayhem, the band that is uh, that is the focus of um, uh, uh, Lords of Chaos we talked about last week. Yes. I got their whole history so <laughs> fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. So here is the, here's their, their shortened history about the movie and who actually does what. You were actually right. Uh, Varg Vikerns did actually kill Euronymous. Ah. Uh, so here's what it is. Mayhem's early career was highly controversial, primarily due to their notorious live performances, the 1991 suicide of vocalist Dead, and the 1993 murder of guitarist Euronymous by former member Varg Vikerns of Burzum. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, and it was really weird. Dead, when he killed himself, mm-hmm. uh, Euronymous ran into the house and took a picture took a of picture, him, yeah. and then they used the picture of their dead singer as the cover art for their record. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. It is crazy. Shot himself with a shotgun, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's pretty yeah yeah gnarly is there's a word for it. Um, um, I said that just, you just to jump in before uh, this uh, IMDb says Death House the it has a had a February twenty third twenty eighteen release. Festivals, maybe mm. that could have been a festival. Okay. It definitely was not out in February of twenty eighteen. Okay. Not at all. All right. Um, keep well, looking it up. Though. I, I got to keep looking into it. Uh, I said you couldn't kill a ghost. Yes, you can kill a ghost. You burn the bones. Everybody knows that. Oh, for fuck's sake. And uh, Malcolm McDowell is not in Three from Hell. Oh, Everybody else is. Fucking Malcolm McDowell's not. <coughs> oh, <okay. laughs> or McDowell. Uh, so, yeah, those are your corrections. Uh, nah, I got a couple. This week. Come on. Oh, oh, I got geez. a couple. Uh, you, you, met, you were talking about Glass, and you said Glass 3. What you meant was Glass is the third installment in the unofficial trilogy or whatever the hell. Correct. But you said Glass 3. Also, a correction on uh, for me, because I forgot to correct you. Uh-oh. Because something 
something that we've discussed several times on this show. You use the word prolific incorrectly twice within <laughs> within four minutes. Ah, uh, yeah, it happens. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I think you get the word prolific and the word infamous mixed up. I do. Up. No, I do. Because you I meant do. to say that Cannibal Holocaust is one of the most infamous movies, not the most prolific. Here's the thing, James. What? I know you're dumb. I'm yeah. a real dumb guy sometimes. Yeah, I know. All right, come on. <laughs> but I feel, but we've had we've had the conversation about the word prolific several times. True. So just get a dictionary and read it. You know what? I'm sorry, James. What do you want from me? <laughs> I want you to use words correctly, you son of a bitch. All I right. will not. And that's all. That's all we got for corrections. That's this a son week. of a bitch. I think you meant you cocksucking yeah, motherfucker. You cocksucking <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Well, this week, um, as as we stated in our intro, uh, we we're ruining the ending for you. We are. Uh, at the end of this episode, Mike Fuck. W- will meet his demise and I'm not a die. <clears throat> this week, we decided to go with a couple of movies that uh, are the the endings are ruined by their title. So uh, we're talking about Jason Goes to Hell, which, if you know anything about that movie, greatest ending ever. Totally not a lie. Right. And, uh, and and also, John dies at the end. Which, mm. if you've seen it, you may be like, yeah, hey, wait a second, that's not right. It is, in a <laughs> sense, and we'll get to why you, you while have we a, talk about you, it. I, I'm very much looking forward to talking about this because I didn't know how to take this movie at all. I liked it. I liked it. But I, actually I meant think to... you understood it a lot more than I think I did. So mm, I'm, I'm... Maybe I'm just dumb and I thought that I understood it. That's, that's very a, possible. It's a very good possibility. It's a very prolific movie. <laughs> it's a very infamous... That kind of Oh, boy. So, to go along with that, uh, Michael went out and from BrewDog, yeah. uh, which is... Let's see. Sorry for the box noises here. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> Brewdog craft, craft, <laughs> craft beer for the people. Uh, born in Scotland and brewed in Ohio. Uh, Brewdog came howling into the world in 2007. Born in Aberdeen, Scotland. We now brew Scotland. Scotland. We now brew our beers in Columbus, Ohio. That's that's a long way from Aberdeen, Scotland. A full circle journey that brings our craft beer back to the place where the craft beer revolution started. Really? The, do, they, do they just mean America? They don't mean Ohio. Ohio, do they? Nothing starts in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Except for bad childhood. Uh, <laughs> beer, beer that is powered by the people. Our unique community of fifty-five thousand beer-loving investors helped us build a brewery in Scotland and America. Uh, bring, bringing people and beer closer together. Fresh, uncompromising beer, born and raised in Scotland, now available in the USA. And I got a little bit of, uh, this is off of beeradvocate.com, okay. because they don't actually have a description on the, oh, I probably should have checked the can, actually. <laughs> Wait. You should, know, you should always check the cans, Jay. Oatmeal milk stout with natural vanilla flavor. Ooh, Ooh. that sounds delicious. Right? Oh, there is a thing on here. Okay. Ooh, I can't read it, though. <laughs> it's very hard to read. Our sm- oh, this is I want ta- you to read it as fast as that town name from last week. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. This is not good printing on this can. Our smooth-talking, our smooth-talking, naturally-flavored milk stout will ravage your senses in an uncharted abyss. <laughs> loaded to... I'm sorry, this is really hard to read. Uh, loaded to the... G- g- loaded to the gunnels? 
I've never heard the word gunnels before. That's cool. What is a gunnel? I don't know. I'm guessing it's Scottish. Use your dictionary, Mike, and tell us. Yeah, look, oh, up, yeah. look up the word gunnels for me, because that's a cool word. I might have to put that into my... Uh, How do you spell it? My, uh, into G- your prolific vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> G-U-N-N-E-L-S. Uh, loaded to the gunnels Elongated literally. Don't hold on. Wait, man. <laughs> Let me find... Let me finish this can for fuck's sake. Loaded to the gunnels with oatmeal and primed for a smooth ri- smoother ride. This is a black-hearted beast. Decadent notes of cacao, malty, t- uh, malty roastiness with hints of uh, pit, pit fruits await. This is this is the worst. Seriously, look at the printing on this can. And see if you can do a better job with that. Give it All to right. an excellent reader. That's bad, right? Okay, I just need—I just need—I just need to be able to see it. Because it's like—it's it. well, that's—it's it's very, very dark, it's very in, dark here. in here. Yeah, and it's—and it, it, it's kind of like right. double printed. All right, here's what we got here. Well, no, you don't have to read it. Just tell me. Our smooth-talking, naturally-flavored milk stout will no, ravage okay. your senses. All right, we get, it, we get it. We get it. We get it. Uh, a gunnel. You want to know what a gunnel yes. is? Yes. And how you can be filled to it? Yeah. Uh, a gunnel. <laughs> Is an elongated, laterally compressed fish <laughs> oh. with a uh, dorsal fin that runs along most of its back and reduced or absent pelvic fins. Uh, it occurs in cool inshore waters of the northern hemisphere. I think what it means is like filled to the gills. Oh. Maybe. And may- maybe it's... I've never heard... It's. I'm guessing it's know. I'm guessing it's like Scottish slang. Probably, yeah. Jay, can you not drink this? I cannot. Why, Why not? not? I'm going to have you read that one more time. Oh, it's a milk stout, isn't <laughs> it? Oh, Jay, I'm sorry. You son of a bitch, uh, Michael. Well, if, uh, if... Well, you have another uh, manly pull-off of that Jack, Jack Daniels. <laughs> so here's, we try this out. So here's the thing. Before we uh, before we drink this lovely beer, mm-hmm. um, one thing that uh, will happen at some point in time here is uh, we will be joined by uh, by good friend Vito. Vito today. Power. So uh, this, this was a fuck up from last week. Uh, Vito was supposed to be on the show last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody, I'm not naming names... But somebody forgot to tell Jay that we were switching the day of the podcast. So uh, Vito was no longer able to make it when he was in town. Uh, it wasn't me, and it wasn't Jay, and it wasn't Vito. So I don't know that I like what you're insinuating. Through the power of deductive reasoning, <laughs> maybe you can figure that out. Nope. It, it, um, it, it, so it was, it and was I already had my weekly bridge club that <laughs> night scheduled, so I couldn't do the new day. Mondays? I thought that was Gin Rummy Day. Ooh, I love you. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> anyway, Pick so me up. <laughs> so this episode was actually Vito's idea. Yeah. So uh, Vito, we're gonna do this for the first time. Hopefully this works out. Vito is going to be calling in from LA, and uh, he will be doing the show with us uh, as soon as he is available to do so. So there, there in in the conversation, there actually will be a three hour delay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's gonna be weird. The editing is gonna take forever but uh we're, we're willing to make that sacrifice <laughs> so so what what you're telling me is that you're going to hear us talk and when he responds to normal conversation it's not going to play back till three hours later that that's is it. correct so this will yes. be a five hour episode yep. may, maybe even more that's only if we ask him one question <laughs> <laughs> no you're just going to have a lot of editing to do oh okay. like, we're just going to play the lamb chop song over and over like in between that's like the, 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 the busy the song music. that never ends that, Exactly. Don't get me started on that song because I seriously won't stop singing. Anyway, right. so Vito will be joining us at some point. Cheers, boys. Let's, uh, well, boy. 
And uh, we did try this on the show before with him, not the beer, with Vito uh, calling in. It was just for a short segment um, for him uh, answering a question about something. Yeah, and it turned out pretty all right. So hopefully this will... And he's actually going to be recording on his end, too, and we're going to try and... uh, He can send the audio file over. We're going to try and put that audio file in. So it sounds like he's right here in the room with us. Yeah. Hey, Mike, do me a favor and look inside the can. How big of a drink did you take? Pretty big, Mike. Look inside the can. Uh, I just see foam. Mike. Cause mine is down to here. It's already like like an inch down, and I only took like a sip. It's almost like the can's not even filled up all the way. It uh, tastes my, good though. Do you fine. like the Do you like the way it tastes? Yeah, it's you know what milk stouts. Um, I always expect them to be heavier than they actually are. Yeah, it's it's sort of like Guinness. People say Guinness is very heavy. Guinness Guinness tastes is like water. water, and milk stouts have a very very similar uh, mm-hmm. body feel to them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's okay. It's not my favorite in the world. To be I've got uh, since I've I had, since I pulled this up, I'm actually going to read it if you don't mind, just because fine. this is the tasting notes from somebody on Beer Advocate. Flaked oats and wheat add to the velvet mouthfeel. Velvet mouthfeel is a mm. good way to mm. good way to describe it. With the carbonation adding a honeycomb texture. I don't know about that. Yeah, about that. Uh, Magnum and Sriracha Ace bring a berry and citrus fruitiness that amplifies the chocolate character of this inky Leviathan. I think. Okay. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. I think that people who taste beer and write about it like this are just as full of bullshit as people who taste wine and oh, talk. Yeah, like it's the, it's the like, exact I, same thing. I get it. You can pick out different flavors and so, like we've. I've even talked to mm, fucking. It's an inky leviathan. <laughs> and it leaves a honeycomb on your tongue. I've even. I've talked to fucking Brian about this fucking before. Brian. And, and like, because he, he sells wine for a living and he has to taste all their different wines and, like, kind of pick up on the tasting notes and stuff. And the way they describe it, the way a sommelier will describe it, he's kind of clued me in on what they're supposed to look for and how they're supposed to describe it. And it's not actually like that. It's kind of like they're they're telling you what those tastes are and you're just supposed to take that and put it in your your dictionary of yeah. wine and and that's how you pick up on those notes from out. but none of that shit actually tastes the way they say it does Whoop. like there's there's some pretty recognizable tastes that you pick up on a, in beer like caramel chocolate coffee vanilla stuff like that dog shit yeah. <laughs> dog shit dog, dog shit but um, like but like, like do you get any berry or citrus citrus no i get vanilla i get a lot of vanilla do you get any honeycomb um maybe they're talking it's about a, the carbonation it's the honeycomb texture but maybe, maybe still, they're talking about on, the car- I mean, it's probably just the carbonation unless you're it's, walking around chomping on honeycomb all the which time is, which is delicious it is delicious you get it at the renaissance festival I get it at but, work well, mm. not everybody's so special, Michael, mm. but I don't know. All right, what happens so when you work for the Lord? Yeah, you get, <laughs> you, you get that sticky honey on your tongue. Oh, <laughs> no. That's not where I was going with that. Uh, really quickly I, here. I bestow my sticky uh, honey upon just you. To, <laughs> oh, boy. Mm. Um, uh, just, to, just to avoid a correction, Death House was released video on demand November 6, 2018, with an actual disc release of... The, December 11th. So the actual physical okay. release yeah. was just over a month ago. So yeah, this is, I apologize. <clears throat> we're bad at our jobs here. Because, right. I, like I said, I have seen, like on some of the horror forums and stuff that we're part of, I had seen people talk yeah. about it. And I knew that it wasn't just all people who had happened to go, go to festivals and stuff. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, okay, so, so yeah. uh, <clears throat> that is it for, uh, for that. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. 
right, uh, all right, we're, uh, we are back, and uh, I said that we were going to be joined by Vito, but uh, he came here a little earlier than we thought, so uh, Vito is now with us from hey L.A. Guys. What's up, brother? What's up, dude? How you doing? Hey, it's I'm just, good. Thank you for having me. It's just like Vito to come early, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, she's like, he's like, yeah, fine. All right. So uh, when we had originally conceived of this idea, uh, the beer that we were originally going to be drinking was uh, a beer called Ruination from Stone Brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruination, obviously, because we are because these movies ruin the endings. Uh, we couldn't find it here because Ruination has a very short shelf life, oh. and it's from California. So they, they a lot of places don't have it because they they don't sell it. Basically, mm-hmm. Mike, on the other hand, uh, lives right next to where Stone practically is, right? How far are you from the brewery? Yeah, I think it's in Pasadena. Okay. So, yeah, I'm in Burbank. Yeah. So Glendale's in between us. Yeah, hey, not far hey hold, hold, it up to, hold it up to your camera real quick. I'm going to take a screen cap of you. <clears throat> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> uh, you guys can't see this, but our oh, oh, I just our, uh, <laughs> our setup here is is so perfect. We have Mike on FaceTime uh, on James's phone on a music stand so that we can actually see him. And we're actually recording through my phone that is just sitting in the middle of our table. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah it's a pretty good setup. Yeah, it, it's working. It's working. I just ruined it, though. Did you Did you hang up on him? No, no, no. He's still there. <laughs> oh, there okay, hold, hold it up one more time. <laughs> okay, there you go. Also, my ugly mug is in there. Hey, <laughs> can I take a picture of you two good-looking <laughs> guys? Let me take a picture again. Of, of you two good-looking guys together. Here we go. <laughs> How the f- what? what did you do? I don't know. <laughs> oh, te- All right, w- one more time, Vito. The technical problems I swear this are... is the last time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Cool. All right, can I crack this open now? Yes, you yes, can crack yes, it. please do. You got to catch up to us. What's that, what's that picture in the middle of your screen? That is... Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm just going to send it to him. By the way, open. Ruination is a double IPA. Uh, unfiltered double IPA from Stone. Nice. I like double IPAs. Eight point five percent. Oh, Vito's getting drunk. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, a correction. I, I got to do a correction on the fly here. What's that? Mike just said he likes double IPAs, and literally last week you just talked about how you don't, <laughs> you didn't, you don't drink a lot of double IPAs, so you don't really know about them. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I don't know a ton about them, but I don't dislike them when I have them, though. I'm just calling you, you on your bullshit, that, Mike. Yeah, you know what? V- Vito I just, just listened to the episode, to so he... you know what? Fuck you all. Yeah, all right, well. uh, let's get into let's get into some news here. Um, <laughs> we have some casting news here. Uh, Robert Zemeckis uh, of Back to the Future fame is uh, he's remaking a movie called The Witches that opened in 1990. Uh, starring Angelica Houston in the uh, as the main witch role. I know that you like this oh, movie. Oh, dude, I love that movie. So the fact that Robert Zemeckis is the one that's remaking this is very exciting to me because Robert Zemeckis is just fucking amazing. Hmm. Uh, well, casting news here is that they have cast officially Anne Hathaway as the role that Angelica Houston played in the first one. I can see that. I wish they would have just gone and got Angelica Houston to, to do it again. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the task of the the prosthetics team would be a lot. <laughs> oh come on, a come lot on. less this time around. That's mean. Um, I don't know. Anne Hathaway is pretty. Uh, she's pretty gnarly too. So no, she's all right. She's just so pretentious. Gosh. 
Uh, let's see here. Moving on. Uh, Ten Clover. Ten Cloverfield Lane was a movie we all enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg uh, was the director of that movie, and he has just been signed on to direct Sony Pictures' adaptation of Uncharted. Now, if you don't know what Uncharted is, Uncharted is a PS4 uh, video game series that is basically like it's it's like Da Vinci Code and National Treasure mixed with like an action movie. Like I, I, it's, it's amazing. The, it's the one like I don't own a P- PS4. It's the one game that I, I I've watched like uh, like gameplay online yeah. that makes me want to buy a yeah. PS4 because it looks so cool. It's an action adventure puzzle game. Right. is basically what it is. It's right up um, your alley. Oh yeah, it basically. Is. I, I just I don't own a PS4. Mm-hmm. PS4 is that? What I, did? <laughs> <laughs> I just I just say I don't. Know. Little Freudian slip there. <laughs> you have four penises. Dick four joke. Four penises. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on the dick four. What's the dick four? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't have a is PS4. There, so, did you say this is casting news or just uh, no? Uh, the, the director, okay. uh, the new director uh, Dan Trachtenberg. Because is this the game that a lot of people just as, like a lot of people just assume that the main character was uh, fashioned after Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion? So Nathan Fillion actually made an Uncharted <clears throat> short film that yeah, he started. Right, that's right. Yeah, because he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So there's been no casting as far as I know. So. I hope they bring him on because be he is great. a perfect Nathan Drake. Absolutely perfect. It's probably getting a little long in the tooth by this point, though. I don't play think that. so. Because like, that guy's pretty young, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Nathan Fillion, though, he he's on this show called The Rookie. That's on, uh, was it CBS or ABC or whatever it is yeah, right now? Yeah, yeah, You know, Mike, what, what channel that's on by chance? Uh, not offhand. Okay. I, think it, I think it might be ABC. Yeah, well, and, and he's still pretty spry and young in that, and he's he would be fine for yeah. it. Um, let's see here, moving on. Um this is exciting. Uh, it looks like New Line is moving forward with the Final Destination series. Uh, and they have brought on uh, Saw sequel writers Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan to handle the script. Dunstan's checking in? Uh, Dunstan is checking in. Nice. I wish That's he was a, a monkey. That's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and the rookie is ABC, by the way. Oh, it's ABC. Oh, thank you. There you go. Um, the unfortunate part of this, though, is that it's being billed as a reimagining of the series. What the hell does that it's mean? It's a remake. They're remaking it instead of sequelizing it. I mean... You know, I don't know. I just As long as it follows the same format, it should be... Yeah, I just like the story, though. Like, like the Tony Todd was in the original series. That's you know, true, He was yeah. a reoccurring uh, role in it. So I just, I don't know. I just wish that they would have continued it, because I... I guess in the scheme of things, this isn't the biggest deal for a movie to be remade, but right. I just don't think it's necessary. What do they have? Five? There's five. Five, yeah, five or, No, there's six. Six. Six, is there? Okay. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> we have another streaming service that was just launched. This time by the Internet Movie Database. IMDb launched their own streaming service uh, called Freedive. Um, the best part about Freedive is that it's completely free. Oh. Uh, there's no memberships. There's no logging into anything. You just go to the website and you can stream movies. Really? It's pretty awesome. Uh, for the horror, what they have right now, this is brand new, so they only have a certain amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the horror genre right now, you can watch Nightbreed, Exorcist of the Beginning, Urban Legend, uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Night of the Creeps, Anaconda, Prom Night from 1980, Idle Hands, Harbinger Down, and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It's a really Idle Hands. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. hard to find. I know it is. Like I, I'm, I'll watch it right now. I'm not going to pay attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a really eclectic bunch of yeah. horror movies. Wait, like that's grab. that's all that's on that, there right now for horror. Wow. There's there's all there's tons of other categories, sure, sure, yeah. so there's a lot of other movies on it. But for horror, that's what's and there. And they're just going to continue to build the catalog. That's 
Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. If oh, I had to, cool. if I had to choose one movie out of there, clearly Vito wants you to watch Idle Hands. I would say Exorcist: The Beginning. I think it's a, uh, I think it's it's gets a bad rap. We talked about this on our our retrospective. Um, oh, The Beginning. That's the one uh, where it's they basically shot it twice. Yes. Right? Yeah. It was the better of the two, though. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought at least. Yeah, out of all of them, though, I mean, I, I think, would. I think I like that one better. It's hard. It's hard to remember because the movies are exactly the same. I'm pretty sure that it was the beginning that we liked better. Yes, because well, Dominion was the other one. Yeah, I think the beginning we liked better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, think I might be with Vito on this one. I haven't seen Idle Hands in a long time, and I really like that movie. It is good. It is good. Um, Mike uh, Vito, you will be a very big fan. Of, a very big fan of this. <laughs> uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is returning to the small stream in a genre uh, TV show called Sometimes I Lie. Now I know uh, Vito, you're a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, as am I. Uh, I don't yes. know if you guys. I watched, watched it every once in a while. I was never a religious watcher, though. Um, so in Sometimes I Lie, Geller will star as Amber Reynolds, a woman who wakes up in a hospital, unable to move, speak, or open her eyes. She can hear everyone around her, uh, uh, but they don't know that she can. Uh, she doesn't remember what happened, but she has a suspicion that her husband had something to do with it. The timeline alternates between her paralyzed present the week before her accident and a series of childhood diaries from 20 years ago. Interesting. Um, she was probably doing the bird box challenge. Crash the car. <laughs> I'm uh, guessing. I don't know. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm just picturing that in my head now, and it's great. <laughs> um, she really got slayed. Uh, no, nope. no, that one didn't land. All right. Um, <laughs> Done. Anyway, I do like. I do like. I love Sarah Michelle Gellar though, so it's good to see her returning to the genre. Uh, yeah. So that's that's fun. Um, let's yeah. see here. Uh, we love Christmas horror movies. Yes. We love anthology horror movies. Yes. We are getting a Christmas-themed anthology horror movie coming up this next Christmas season. Nice. It is called Death Sember. It is the greatest name ever. That is the greatest <laughs> name ever. Death uh, So, so Death Sember is billed as uh, the ultimate Advent horror anthology movie. Uh, a first of its kind. It consists of 24 shorts by 24 directors. It's really oh, not wow. a first of its kind because VHS and ABCs of Death did that. Yeah. But they're all different directors. Well, VHS, VHS didn't do... 24. 20, 20 yeah. ABCs of Death did yeah, know, close to that amount. But so. it is the first of its kind because it's specifically Christmas, Christmas. themed. That's true. That's yeah. true. I'll give you that. So, um, so uh, yeah. So, directors so far include uh, Lucky McKee, which is awesome. Nice. Uh, Pollyanna McIntosh mm. is going to be directing one. And my favorite, Reguero Diodato... The director of Cannibal Holocaust nice. is doing a short, which is <laughs> fucking awesome to me. That's cool. Uh, it's probably going to suck because let's be honest, it's it's why because directors that used to be good just don't put out good movies after they get old. Have you seen The Ward? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I'm just saying. Wait, I I'm thought just you saying. said you went back and rewatched I mean, The Ward and you thought it wasn't the, that bad. Look, it wasn't as bad as I said it was, but it's still easily the worst in his. I gotta, I don't, and then I again, Ghost of it. Mars is pretty fucking bad too, though. So I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they always like uh, our, our Dario Argento, for example. His late his later movies just weren't great. I mean, Mike, you can speak to that. Yeah. Well, both Argento and Carpenter kind of had a decline yeah, in quality. Yeah. <laughs> it just it is what it is. So I don't know. I'm still excited to see it, though. I hope it's cannibal themed because why not? Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, before I get to our last biggest news of the week, James. Yes. Tell me something. Yes. What's new on Blue? Oh, it's 
taken so long, <laughs> baby. <laughs> All nice, right. Nice sip in between that. <laughs> <laughs> very dramatic. Very, um, what the hell is his name? David. Uh, All the listeners could just see you do that sip <laughs> in their mind's eye. All right. Uh, Scream Factory has announced Eli Roth's The Green Inferno will be added to their collector's edition Blu-ray collection. This is such a weird release. It is. This movie doesn't need a collector's edition. Probably not. I but, unless unless there's like a, a cut of the movie that could, that didn't get released and he wants to release it somehow. I don't. I don't think, think so. that there is, but I'm just it's wishful thinking, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, full full extras and specs will be announced some sometime in March, but they do promise new material, including all new in-depth, lengthy interviews with Roth and cast members, as well as uh, all of the original bonus content from the prior release. The, uh, the release will also come with a never-before-released CD soundtrack of the score by composer Manuel Rivero. And a deluxe version of the packaging with slipcover signed by Eli Roth. Ooh. And that hits shelves on April 23rd. The one thing that I will say, if it includes a documentary that chronicles um, the all of the, the shit that happened in releasing this movie. Mm-hmm. Because if I remember correctly, this movie took forever to get released. Yeah. And it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and they wouldn't release it. So if there's like a documentary that they actually talk about why it took so long to get released, because it was a few years. I'm guessing the... the that would be really cool. That's probably what they mean by the in-depth uh, in-depth interviews. Could be. Because it's not just going to be sitting there and talking to Eli Roth. I'm sure it's going to... They'll, they'll probably have some behind-the-scenes stuff yeah punched in there too I, I, so I, I hope so uh also from scream factory the boris karloff bella lugosi collection will include four classics that are being brought to blu-ray for the first time all of which star both of the horror legends they include the black cat from 1934 the raven from 1935 the invisible ray from 1936 and black friday from 1940 nice the four disc set nice. features a slip cover with new art Extras and specs are still in progress. That's actually a really good collection of old uh, Legosi and Karloff. Uh-huh. It's a really good collection, actually. <clears throat> um, yeah. Every, everybody always makes it a point to say, like, every so, like, I read this on Bloody Disgusting, and, and and everybody always makes it a point to say, like, oh, even though they had this huge rivalry, blah 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 blah. From everything that I've heard, because I watched uh, uh, PBS last year, actually last Halloween, they 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 did a a few different spotlights of different actors, and they did uh, Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff, and <clears throat> from from the inside, it doesn't really seem like they had that big of a rivalry. It was more so just like Bela Lugosi kind of fell off, and Boris Karloff shot to this massive filled, level he of fame. That spot that- well, yeah. yeah, like he 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 became so famous, and there was so there was a little bit of jealousy, but it it, it, yeah, it well, doesn't it doesn't really come across as though they had this huge rivalry the way everybody says. What what's up? Well, Bel- Bella Lugosi turned down Frankenstein, and Boris Karloff took it and became you know it was a huge hit. Right. Bella yep. Lugosi didn't want to be covered in makeup and stuff, so I think there was just some bitterness. But yeah, I think it's definitely over sensationalized. In the media, of exactly. Their rivalry. Ironically, Why would they continue working together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ironically, though, Bella like Lugosi, Bella Lugosi did end up playing Frankenstein uh, in later yeah. in later right. movies, and he looks terrible. I think like his Frankenstein just <laughs> it's, looks. It's well, okay. I mean, you're so you're so used to seeing Boris Karl. I mean, and that's sure, sure. That's like hands well, down and the it was best a cheaper version. Budget. Of, cheaper budget, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, real so, quick, Mike, while you're sipping that beer, how's that uh, beer tasting over there? You enjoying it? It's uh, it's really good. The first time I had it, I was not in the mood for a double IPA, so I did not like it. But right now, I I am 
thoroughly enjoying this ruination. Good. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, next up. Not a ton of details on this one, but uh, it should be enough to say that UK distributor Second Sight has their sights set on Dawn of the Dead, which is currently out of print and un unavailable to stream in the US and likewise out of print in the UK. Um, Dawn of the Dead is apparently out of oh, out of print because the rights holders are asking for a pretty unreasonable fee to license hmm. it out. Interesting. Uh, I don't I don't know too not too much about that, but uh, nonetheless, Second Sight has somehow managed to pull some strings and announced it with a simple tweet featuring a piece of Dawn of the Dead artwork and the words "It's happening." So I don't know I don't know how they managed to get that done, but uh, and and Second Sight is from the UK, but it it did say that. Uh, a, a fair share of their releases are region free. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be something of, that we can get here in the states. A lot of times companies will do that intentionally, and they won't. Need, they won't market it as region free, <clears throat> but word gets out in the collectors, you know, circles. It gets out that certain releases are, and you can import them and watch them, and right. you know, whatever. Or um, if not, just get yourself a region free yeah. uh, Blu-ray player. There you go. You piece of shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Season 4 of AMC's Fear the Walking Dead is coming home to Blu-ray on March 5th, courtesy of Lionsgate. The set will include four different audio commentaries with cast and crew and blah, 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 blah. I don't care. <laughs> I, I just... I don't, the, the Walking Dead series, I... I just, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm I with you. If, if, you uh, if you care that much about it, then, then go find out about it. But I don't care. I like so, the first three seasons I'm, I'm of, sick the, of The Walking Dead. Not the fear. I've never seen Fear of the Walking Dead, but the first three seasons were re good. But I also needed a break, and I never returned. So yeah, that's just, kind of the way we were too. I, we got what like I think we only made it like halfway through the first season. Yeah, that's me. I got the season kind of two out. and watched a little bit of it. Did you? Yeah, I. And did I, you like it? I thoroughly really liked better. I, I like the Walking Dead. <laughs> the Walking <laughs> Dead was wow. much better. Hey, <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, speak, speaking of series, uh, do, is your last bit of news about a series? Um, yes. Is it? Okay. Well, then that's all I've got for blues. So okay, I, go ahead. Okay. That was a really good segue, by the way. I just no. want to point that out. Oh, really off. nice. <laughs> <laughs> We've been working on it. Like, yeah. uh, okay. So <laughs> you'd think the, after the, three years we'd have it down. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, the biggest news I think of of the year, which which says a lot, um, is that we randomly, out of seemingly fucking nowhere, got a teaser trailer. For a new Ghostbusters movie. Oh, this is not what I was talking about. Oh. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you if it was about a series. Ghostbusters series. That's a franchise, <laughs> not a series, you prick. Um, well, God, you know what? <laughs> I, do you want to finish yours before I go into it? Nope. Okay, good. <laughs> so we got a new Ghostbusters teaser trailer for a proper Ghostbusters 3. Yes. Which... For all of the starts and stops of this, that this franchise has had over the years, you know, like we had heard that there was something else going on in, uh, you know, it was in the wings that was that was getting worked on, but mm -hmm. I didn't believe it. Yeah. Um, supposedly, this is the one that Danny Aykroyd and uh, Ernie Hudson are both in on, and I believe that it, it has Bill Murray as well, possibly playing the ghost that he always wanted to play. I mean, yeah. no one really knows. I hope that's what it is. Yeah. Um, the teaser trailer, though, like. It, it 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 just makes my dick hard. Like, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like it it I watched it, I was like, yes. Mike was fully torqued at two inches and that's there, that's rare. I was shooting ectoplasm everywhere. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. <laughs> like 
No, it, just, it was, it's so it's, good. It's though. a very simple trailer, but it's got all of the elements that you need to to know that this is promising yep. because it's really just it's a shot of a barn somewhere and you hear all these weird sounds and you see lights coming from inside this barn and then you suddenly hear bits and pieces from the original score yep. from the original no, Ghostbusters. It's the it's uh it's the theme from the library scene. Right. They, that that's actually the the music that's playing underneath it. Right. So super iconic scene. Well, like I said, bits yeah. and pieces from the original score. Yeah. And then you just see like you see obviously somebody's probably working on uh one of the the proton packs or something and then you see the wind blow and it blows up the tarp on a car and it's the and original it's oh. the original Ecto one. Oh. oh man, it looks oh. sweet. Oh, I'm very excited. I've not seen this. Oh my god, I've not it. seen it. You need to watch it. When yeah. we uh, when we go to break uh, before the tofu, just yeah, look, like, it up, look it up. It's thirty seconds. It's 40, 45 yeah, seconds or something. Make quick. sure you look it up. Um, like I'm just thinking about it right now, and I can't stand up. Like that, that's just how excited I am about this. <laughs> I have been waiting for. He's got no blood in his legs. It's to not. Stand it's up. gone. It's gone. Um, <laughs> it's, no, I've, it's all into a sweeter. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I have wanted. I have hoped and prayed for Ghostbusters 3. I understand that Harold Ramis is dead. I understand that's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> I, ju- I, I just want a new Ghostbusters story. Right. With them passing the torch, whatever. And what I do like about it, it's being directed by Jason Reitman, uh, son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the original two movies. Right. And so this is not only a passing of the torch for the characters, it's a passing of the torch uh, for the creators and the director. And it's 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 a really nice package. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, nice proton package it's, it's, is what she means. A lot of protein. Um, <laughs> dick jokes today um i don't know i'm i'm super excited about it and i hope i hope this doesn't like stop production you know because obviously this teaser i'm sure was shot before a single piece of footage was shot before so this is still very very early right you know they gave a release date of 2020 i doubt it honestly probably 2021 is my guess Mm -hmm. um that being said i just if it needs to be delayed it's fine just i hope that it doesn't just make it you know what i'm saying yeah so that's the uh, that's the biggest news of the week. Alrighty, we're good. Nice job on the news, Michael. Thanks, thanks, Jay. All You're right, very enthusiastic. <laughs> what, so that is so going to bring what us. Series what series was it, James? What, what's that? Your segue. Oh, what series just that, was it? No, just that uh, Channel Zero has been canceled. Oh yeah. But uh, a lot of people are hoping that Shutter will pick it up because Shutter actually has all four seasons right now, and the the creator said that he's like I. I appreciate that sci-fi ran my show for four seasons. I'm, I'm thankful for everything I've got. I had more stories to tell. I don't really know well, why they would have... If he retained the rights through it, he can easily do that. Sure. But it all depends on what his deal was. I don't know why they would have... Like, from all I've heard... I, I actually haven't watched it. I was going to start it after I read this news. I was going to start it uh, yesterday, and I, I just didn't. But uh, um, he, he was... Uh, yeah, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's your news. <laughs> <laughs> no, but hopefully Shudder will pick it up. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I intend on watching the show at some point, and I've heard people say that they love it. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Jay. All right. Well, that's bringing us to our stupid fact of the day, and I'm going to give you a choice. I'm going to let Vito choose. Do Ooh. you want one that's just a short and simple, straight-to-the-point stupid fact, <laughs> or one that's a little bit more long-winded, but one that makes you go, oh, that's where that came from? 
Well, I'm going to go with the more interesting one. Yeah, yes, right. fair enough. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> All right, so here it is. The early politicians required feedback from the public to determine what was considered important to the people. All right, fair enough. Since there were no telephones, TV, or radios, the politicians sent their assistants to local taverns, pubs, and bars, and were told, go sip some ale and listen to people's conversations and political concerns. Many assistants were dispatched at different times. You, go sip here, and you, go sip there. The two words, go sip, were eventually combined when referring to local opinion, and thus we have the term gossip. What? Oh, look at that. Really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you that was going to happen. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Huh? Wow. Interesting. And, and you know, they always say, like, the the people who truly know how to run this country are the, the people... I, I, whether the you drunk subscribe. guy at the end of the bar. Yeah, right? I mean, like, <laughs> there's a lot of good ideas being thrown around in a bar or in a taxi cab having a conversation or just, you know. Or or on a podcast. Or on a podcast. Uh, less no, less no. there. Less there. <laughs> hey, three words. Build the wall. Oh. <laughs> right, boys? I think oh. we're all in agreement. <laughs> I, Sorry, I just threw up a little bit. Yeah, I just I just made Mike's <laughs> <laughs> I just made Mike's Ghostbusters boner go away. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's gone. It's gone. It's not pole vaulting me over any wall anytime soon. <laughs> well, it have to breaking be pre- news: Mexico's building a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> have to be a pretty short wall. All right. <laughs> anyway. All right. So boom, that was the news. You <laughs> threw me over with the wall. So boom, there's a. I don't know. All right, we're gonna take a, a super, a All super right. quick break. Uh, we're gonna come back with the tofu, and we're talking about some movies that just give it all away right at the beginning. It's like, it's like super hot new chick. You get anal the first night. What are you looking forward to? Yeah, Mike's mom. That's, that. <laughs> well, um, hey, I didn't specify which Mike. I'm looking at you, Vito. <laughs> Throughout this Dulce, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. So I think we've all... um, We've all been in the situation before where uh, we went went to a party. Um, we we took a drug that we knew nothing about. Yeah, uh, sounds and you, familiar. You woke up the next day in a field with your pants around your ankles, and there's a there's a dead deer next to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a very. We've all been there that's before. That's a very right? familiar situation. Yes. <laughs> so John dies at the end. Is, uh, is about, <laughs> <laughs> it's about drugs, people? Um, okay, here's the, here's the weird thing. Uh, I I liked this movie a lot, but I feel as though the two of you got way more out of this movie than I did. I was just super confused pretty much throughout the entire thing. Um, Mike, did you watch it a second time? I did not. I, I wanted to. Time. Just okay. the one time. I wanted to watch it a second time. I just, I just didn't have time, unfortunately. Um, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, this is uh, John Dies at the End. It's from 2012, directed by the incomparable Don Coscarelli. Director of such classics as uh, Bubba Hotep and the Phantasm. Which Phantasms did he do, Mike? Do you know? All of them except the last one. Is all of them? Okay, I wasn't sure if he did. Terrible. I wasn't sure if he did all of them or not. (laughs) Um, The last one was terrible. Ravenger is that what it's called? Ravager. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was really 
bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's your synopsis. Uh, a new street drug that sends its users across time and dimensions has one drawback. Some people return no longer human. Uh, can two college dropouts save humanity from this silent, otherworldly invasion? Um, yeah, so I, I liked the movie. I understood that when you're watching it, you're literally watching... A drug trip like you're you're watching people be fucked up out of their minds and what they're experiencing and i guess to me i didn't know if what i was watching was supposed to be real or not right half the time and then you get into the whole timeline thing and it really kind of fucked with my head mm -hmm. uh this movie was very similar if you've ever seen the adaptation of naked lunch that was directed uh, by uh i believe it was david cronenberg um or was mm -hmm. it lynch was it cronenberg or lynch Cronenberg. Cronenberg, okay. Uh, it's very similar in that you just don't know what is going on ever, and it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. There's talking cockroaches and typewriters, <laughs> and, like, it's just fucked up. And this movie reminded me of that, like, tenfold. Like, this, this is his, like, naked lunch, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, online, it, people also agree. They, they compare this to naked lunch and something else. I forget, though. Okay. Uh, so what if, I want you guys to sort of take the reins on this one because I was so just lost when watching it. Mm -hmm. I need you two to, to make this make sense to me. Well, let me start off by asking Vito, have you actually read the novel? I did not, but we did know the author because uh, my wife Erin, she's a big fan of Crack.com and David Wong and all his writings, so we knew about the novel, Right. but I have not read it. Okay. Yeah, I actually meant, and this is, this episode got offset by a week, and I had all that time to listen to the novel, and I fully planned on it, and I never did, which is kind of a bummer, because I was wondering if it would offer a little more insight, but from the reviews that I've read on Audible, uh, it's probably even more bizarre than the movie is. Okay. Like, but it doesn't, doesn't shock me. No. And even even when you read the, the synopsis uh, for for the book or probably what would be like the uh the like the inside liner note what do yeah. you what do you is that what you the... like when you open the first the like the 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 cover of a book and it's got that little like cliff notes thing on yeah, the side it's the, the, the synopsis the, whatever yeah written by david wong and even his description <laughs> of it is like the first thing it says is do not read this book <laughs> like don't read this book because it's going to take you on this weird fucking journey through the head through your through your mind and through space and time and you're you're going to come out the other end a different person and uh it's kind of how the movie plays out too kind and of. uh i i don't know i really i really liked it a lot i i felt like it made sense to me but then i started talking to you about it and you're like this movie literally just it it's not meant to make sense that's at least that's what I got out of it. So then I started thinking about it more, and I, I guess I guess there's an argument to be made for that. Like, I guess I, I never really, I took it for what it was, and I, I kind of thought like, oh, they get the soy sauce, which is the name of the drug. Great name for a drug, by the way. Yeah, I'm on the sauce. <laughs> it's the this, soy sauce. It's this jet black <laughs> drug, and and once they take this soy sauce, uh, if you don't turn into like some weird oh, other world, another way our beer fits, because it. Jet black. Oh, jet black. Jet exactly, black yeah. soy sauce. <laughs> um, if you don't, if you don't end up turning into some like otherworldly being, then you suddenly have these mystical powers where you can like, uh, heighten, yeah, heighten senses and yeah, he heighten can... senses and and almost like it, it would have even fit with our beer last week, the Oracle, because yeah. because he could suddenly, uh, um, not John, but uh, the hell is he? uh, uh, Dave. Dave. 
Dave could like you know at one point in time uh, the character played by uh, Paul Giamatti Arnie Blondstone which he he comes in to interview him and he thinks he's full of shit and and Dave starts telling him all these things about himself about um, about what's going on around them he even he even goes so far as yeah he says how much change he has in his pocket <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, and so it it's hard it's hard to know whether you're seeing is this really what's going on well i guess or is it all just a massive drug trip like you say that's part of where i was confused because you have you have uh uh dave sitting in sitting in this this diner with paul giamatti's character right and the way that i took it is that he's recalling something that happened in the past yeah mm-hmm. i never really understood if what i was watching was supposed to be a flashback or if it was something happening at real time like I never understood no, where where the timeline was for me to follow whatever plot is trying to to unravel. And there, maybe you were the, the one whole, on the drugs. I, I <laughs> might have been. <laughs> the whole movie is is his telling of a story to Paul Giamatti until you know the stuff happens with Paul Giamatti, which we'll get to. Yeah. And then the very ending of the movie. Like but everything leading up to that, like meeting Korok, you know. All that's being told to Paul Giamatti, right? And so it's it's him telling a story to Paul Giamatti. But also, I, to Mike's point, uh, the way he said he didn't know if this was actually uh, like from like a story that was being recalled and told to Paul Giamatti, the uh, the character of um, who was the. Uh, of of Robert Marley, Bob Marley. Yeah, the character of Robert Marley actually explains to Dave that time is not just time's not time's not a garden hose. Yeah, you know it doesn't it doesn't just start at one end and come out the other. Time is a an ocean. So is it really that he is recalling what happened to him in the past, or is all of this stuff happening simultaneously, just kind of in different? Dimensions. Well, and that was that was the thing too. You, you have uh, the name of the movie is John dies at the end. Well, well, John doesn't die at the end. John dies in the middle. But is that middle Spoilers. scene? Spoiler. <laughs> is that middle scene though supposed to be at the end? Like, is that technically the final scene of the movie? Well, I don't. If you were to untangle this this fucking time web, like that's well, time time is all relative. As far as Robert Marley, like his his explanation of it, yeah. time is all relative. It's all. It's not. You know, there is no ending and there is no beginning. It's all just sort of floating around at the same time. So the idea that John dies at the end, it, you don't, you can't really put a pin in the middle of the movie and say, well, John did die in the middle of the movie, but that wasn't the end because the end is the beginning is the end is the middle is the beginning is the end. Great Smashing Pumpkins song, by the way. Um, yes. I'm, but I'm just saying, though, if you, if you were to cut this movie up, though, um, like scene by scene, could you repiece it? in a linear fashion mm. where there is a plot that actually made sense and it goes from point A to point B. Like, that's, I guess, what I I'm wondering. Heard, Can you do that? I th- I don't think so, but that would be really cool if they did a memento type of thing. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, it'd be like me- memento in a blender I, is what it would be. <laughs> I'll, but what I take it as, I completely agree with James about the title and why it's called that. But it's also, if you're just looking at a beginning, middle, and end story, it, it, does, it is in chronological order. 
it's just so weird. You feel like you're on drugs watching it. Right. <laughs> but it, it is a beginning, middle, and end. It's if just, you do watch it again. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested just, to... Just take it for, like, knowing that it is in chronological order and watch it. Because there is a, a through-line story. Oh, even yeah. Even though John dies. And then he's like, oh, I may... I, I, I must have left you like twenty messages. You'll probably get these messages in the future. And he so he does. <laughs> that, that's and one he of my conversations that's, with them. That's one of my favorite parts of the movie because he, uh, Dave, gets a call from John, and uh, John's having a bit of a crisis. He's like seeing things in his apartment, stuff like that. And he gets there. He, he gets him out. He takes him to safety. John's seeing these weird, this weird shit, like this giant mosquito. Monster, uh, and and a, then they a doorknob that turns into a dick, which <laughs> which which quite frankly I think caught that me door off guard more. Be opened. <laughs> <laughs> that but, scene caught me so off guard. I'm like oh, and it's like within the first like five seven yeah. minutes of the movie, I'm like oh god, this is the kind of movie I'm in for. <laughs> like yes, <laughs> but they they get to the diner, they get to the diner, and and John's acting, or yeah, John's acting pretty strange. And he's talking about how, oh man, I, I called you, I left you like twenty messages, and you never picked up. And then, uh, and then Dave answers a call. What? What was that? What? He like squeaks. He made like... a little dog fart noise out of your mouth. <laughs> he does this, and then Dave answers a call. I think I, I think I was going to just go, uh, but <laughs> it came out as a dog fart instead. Oh. They're sitting in this diner and, and John gets a call and this is one of my favorite parts of the movie because, or uh, Dave gets a call and John's just sitting across from him with this smug look on his face and Dave picks up the phone and it's John on the other end yep. and he starts telling him like, dude, you gotta, you gotta get to my place or like blah 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 and John's just sitting there like, is that me? <laughs> it's it's me, isn't it? <laughs> I thought that was so cool. I was like, and that's where that's where I really knew. I mean, obviously the whole movie's pretty fucked up up to that point. Yeah. But that's where I knew that I was really in like a weird kind of timey wimey yeah. wibbly wobbly sort of. <laughs> it's a great description. <laughs> uh, Doctor Who. And, yeah. When when I first watched this, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I just loved it. Um, and it's very similar. Like I think it's very similar to Bubba Hotep. Like the at least the fun, the zany fun of it. This one obviously is much more of an acid trip. Yeah. Um, and Bubba Hotep gets a little more, well, I guess, sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it has an awesome soundtrack. But anyway, <laughs> does um, have a good soundtrack. I'll give it. But that. yeah, no, j- this one's much crazier, and you feel like you're on drugs watching it. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's like uh, it's like it's like Bubba Hotep and Train Spotting mixed together or something. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, and Naked Lunch <laughs> and Naked so. Lunch. It's um, it's when when this uh, when the novel was originally released, and I feel as though this is probably a better way to um to experience the story as opposed to having it be in one like one one group, you know, like one setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they did is uh, they originally published. Uh, the book one chapter at a time and so you never actually knew when john died like oh yeah they're waiting for john dying at the end so every time they would a new chapter come out people are waiting oh does john die in this is this the end so and they, they had this level of intrigue that went chapter to chapter i don't know if it was released maybe in cracked first think, and then they I think it probably in, was in the yeah. magazine and then they yeah, it was on, novel form. i think i read it was online like okay yeah it was like a blog okay like, and you release a chapter at a time yeah. Um, and also, just another little bit of trivia here, which I find this hilarious. 
So Don Coscarelli only found out about this movie because of an Amazon suggestion. He had yes. purchased a book on Amazon, and you know how it says, all other users have purchased this, this, and this. This was just one of the random books that was in there, and he clicked on it and was just intrigued. Really? And so he bought it, read it, and the rest is history. I can I can see that just because, like like I said, I um I had already watched the movie, but I I looked it up on Audible because I was going to buy it. And uh, if you read that that excerpt yeah. or, or whatever you want to call it, the synopsis, it definitely is digital book flap. <laughs> digital book flap, sure. <laughs> it pulls you in. Like as soon as I read yeah. that, I was like, "Fuck, I gotta read this book because it's it's telling me not to." It's like it's kind of a reverse psychology. It's like, "Do not read this book," well, and I was like, in, "Shit, I gotta read this book." In your case, the book needs to read itself to you. E- yeah, that because words are hard. Yeah, words are hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I'm reading you know, the book. The book. Oh, sorry. No, yeah. go ahead. The book has a sequel as well. Yeah, it's it does. called "This Book Is Full of Spiders." <laughs> Seriously, dude, don't touch it. <laughs> Which uh, kind of goes along with when when they when they go into the uh, the other realm mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Is it was there a name mm-hmm. was there a name for that other realm? I can't remember. Um, I don't know if they give it a name uh, or not. Not that I know of. Yeah, it's essentially Earth, but like in a different timeline where oh, a bunch of it's it was the upside down. I guess that's, yeah. that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it and they kind of described it as it was it was it was essentially the. The explanation was, it was like AI. Yeah. And and the idea of how, because even now, like, you know, if you watch that Joe, Joe Rogan thing with uh, Elon Musk and how oh, he's talking yeah, yeah. about AI is going to, it's going to get so smart that and, it's going to destroy us. And, and the fact that Elon Musk already has an implant in his brain. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Just really quick, um, slightly on topic, but off topic. <laughs> Every time someone mentions Elon Musk, yeah. I immediately think of Joe Von Musk, the clone, and I think we're, and I think we're talking about that clone creator that you, you buy at like CVS or whatever. I used to wear Joe Von Musk. I love that stuff when I was younger. Dude. <laughs> but it, it's it's, it's kind of like that, except for it's biological. It's uh, it's it's literally like if it's kind of it. It it actually is exactly what Elon Musk was talking about. How eventually we're gonna get to the point where we're we're starting to cross AI with biology, mm-hmm. and people are gonna upgrade themselves. And that's kind of what the explanation of Karak is. Karak was a biological AI experiment that eventually went completely haywire. Okay. And started to started to destroy everybody. I need to rewatch this movie yeah. with one of you two guys so that you can hold my hand through it and actually like <laughs> yeah. explain well, to me what is going on. I actually on. thought of a a way to kind of linearly talk about the movie. It's basically two guys who are paranormal investigators basically. They're almost like ghostbusters. Right, but you only see them on one case. And yeah, it's that girl, and she turns into the meat monster. Oh, the which meat we'll monster! Talk about the meat monster because that was hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, that's what they do. We don't know why, but that's is it what because they do. of the drug? And then, like, do, do they become paranormal yeah, investigators because of the drug? Becomes, right. Okay. Yeah, and there's that detective investigating the soy sauce because the soy sauce is causing like people getting blown up and murdered and just weird stuff. It's a weird paranormal investigation. And it leads them to an alternate universe where they learn about Korok, who's about to invade their universe, and they realize they have to stop Korok. That's kind of, in a nutshell, what the linear story is. See, that makes so much sense. Why couldn't they have just 
done that. <laughs> I would watch well, that movie. You if did you watch, watch it movie. again. If you watch it again, you'll see it. You'll you'll get uh, okay, it. Okay, okay. Just there's so much stuff thrown at How you many at times, once, like flying mustaches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many times have you seen this movie, Vito? Uh, three times. Three. Okay, so maybe on my third viewing, it'll make sense to me. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's it's pretty. It it's not that hard to follow along with if you're. You weren't doing something else while you were watching this movie, were you? Drugs. Oh, you were doing drugs. <laughs> All I was, the drugs. See, I was actually going to say. <laughs> well, there you go. I was actually going to say it, this. This movie might make more sense if you're on drugs. It might, but apparently not. Oh, the were... fly mustache. I get that. <laughs> oh yeah, I understand that. I saw a flying mustache yesterday when I was high By on the way, drugs. That flying mustache. First, I just like the flying mustache, but the fact that it was trying to become his mustache, <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> like, it's flapping under his nose. I just. That's just great. We we we. <laughs> Also, can't uh, we can't gloss over the fact that uh, we get a small performance by Doug Jones randomly in this movie? Mm, I had mm-hmm. no idea that he was yes. in this. Doug Jones is amazing. He's he's good in everything he does. Uh, he was a surprise to show up there, and I loved Clancy Brown's character, even though I I, I understood <laughs> at least what his character was. Like he was like a real Marconi. deal. Yeah, Mar- Marconi. Marconi. He's like this, like like magician slash televangelist sort of dude. Like he I- actually, he reminded his look reminded me a lot. Of, there's a very famous evangelist. Uh, he's the guy who he'll take off his jacket and he'll wave it at people, and then just like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a shock wave that goes through the entire crowd, and yep. the whole crowd falls down. He looks exactly like that guy. The only thing is, though, this this uh, Marconi is the real deal right like he literally dispatched the meat monster through the phone right (laughs) it was amazing so do you do you think that he Marconi (laughs) I can't remember Vito did they actually did did they explain at one point in time that Marconi had at some point taken the soy sauce no they never mentioned that Marconi I think it was separate from the soy sauce he's just the real deal like able to I don't know. He is one of those great minds who can read minds and stuff. By the way, I want to. That makes sense. By the way, I want to make that. I want to make that a new saying. Like, if there's somebody who's just the real deal, you say he's separate from the soy sauce. <laughs> no, that, no, that guy's the real deal, man. He's separate from the soy sauce. That's an awesome saying. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but yeah, Marconi knows about Korok because he knows about the alternate universe through his mind. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, he's able to dismantle the meat man over the phone. <laughs> and that's how powerful he is. So John and Dave, they know about Marconi. They're kind of business you know, acquaintances. <clears throat> Um, so but take, they're trying to do their own thing. So taking that into consideration, then, just to address Mike's uh, Mike's thought about whether or not this whole thing is just a, a crazy soy sauce trip the whole time, if Marconi is the real deal, would that would that kind of suggest that it's not a crazy drug trip the whole time? That the soy sauce had actually opened up a part of their mind where they were more susceptible to like taking in this kind of otherworldly presence. Yeah, I never, I never actually thought that it didn't exist. Yeah, I understood that the soy sauce was it was half drug, half like, um, like superpower inducer almost. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I understood that. Like, I understood that that the, the things that were happening were actually happening. Mm-hmm. It's just that they were experiencing ex- experiencing them in this weird psychedelic state. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it's like you can't walk through the trees unless they're spinning and you don't know what's going on. That's the only way that you can actually walk through the trees. Mm-hmm. The trees exist, mm-hmm. but you need to be all fucked yeah. up to get there. Like yeah. that's that's well, kind of how I took it. Yeah. 
and like the dog Barkley, who's the best dog ever. Let's great, just be great honest. name too. He's the best dog ever. <laughs> he keeps they keep showing him do things, and you think it's like them because they're on the soy sauce. They're imagining the dog driving a car or like saving the day and stuff like that. But then you realize that oh, this is actually set up from the beginning, where the dog bit the Jamaican who was on the soy sauce. As Amy's dog, the girl with missing a hand. <laughs> so the reason the dog was able to drive a car and save the day was because he was infected by the soy sauce. <clears throat> so going it back, all makes sense. Going back even further, was this whole thing like predetermined? Because even the fact that she's missing a hand plays a big role later in the movie. True. Like they can only yeah. o- they can only open the ghost door. Because she doesn't have a hand, and they do explain at one point in time that, like, the idea of phantom limb syndrome. Yeah. Like, people who have a... No, it's um, really a phantom limb. Right. Like, somebody who has... Because you hear that all the time. People who have, like, amputated limbs, they actually feel the limb for a while. And she is the only person who's able to open this ghost door to the other world because she has this phantom limb. So like it really goes only... like it goes back even further than just the dog. It goes back to it's it's predetermined because she doesn't have a hand like you don't know when she lost her hand. Yeah. But she lost her hand yeah. for the very specific reason of being able to open the ghost door when she was older. Yeah. Not only that, when they're in the alternate universe you find out that they've they're prophets or they're like there's a prophecy about them. Like there's that church where they're yeah. Dave and John yep. are drawn on the walls in stained glass window type of thing. And just a so, bunch of naked yeah, people. <laughs> I think it's part of a prophecy. I, You're I, right. I get down with that church. <laughs> I um yeah, I, I my favorite part about this whole this whole entire thing of us talking about this is that Anybody listening to this right now that has not seen this movie mm. is just going, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> the, this dog named Barkley and ghost limbs and the sauce and the <laughs> the meat man. We haven't talked about the eyes wide shut world. <laughs> oh. the universe. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> We're re-education by a giant spiders <laughs> <laughs> when it goes into a cartoon. Oh man! I that, forgot about that. Oh, that was the best. Like they, uh, <laughs> it's at, one of my favorite parts. At one point in time, they like they want to show this really gratuitously violent scene, but the uh, the guy in the alternate universe explains to John and Dave that the only way for them to really comprehend the carnage is if we show it to you in uh, in a in a form that we believe you call them cartoons in <laughs> in your world, and then they just go into this. <laughs> animated scene of these spiders coming out of the ground and just ripping people to shreds. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, man. You guys have done such a good job of making me understand. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually starting I, to understand it better? I mean, I think I get more than I did when we started the conversation. Yeah. But I'm still not going to sit here and say that this movie makes any fucking sense to me. <laughs> you know well, why? Mike, you, you, you texted me, Mike. You're like, okay, I'm watching John Dies at the End, and now he's talking into a bratwurst. <laughs> yes. I, I, th- I think even after seeing everyone seeing this movie, to, to talk about it logically, we all would have to be on the soy sauce right now. We would be. We would be. <laughs> and I, the, actually, one of my favorite parts when he's talking into the bratwurst like a phone, John says, like, inside the bratwurst, you'll find a rolled up $100 bill. And he, and he looks, he goes, no, that's just a piece of lettuce. He goes, okay. <laughs> he realizes he was wrong about the lettuce oh. the $100 bill so so Jay, Jay you didn't watch this movie did you no so just sitting here listening <laughs> course, to it does of it just, course not does it just sound like a bunch of craziness 
I I feel it, I've never done it, but it makes me want to take acid. And I, I would never ever take acid, but now I'm gonna do it right now. No, just just watch this movie. You'll feel like you took acid. Yeah. Like it's it's a good it's a good uh, trade off. Maybe not even that. I'm just gonna just drugs. I'm gonna drugs right now. I'm gonna drug so hard. I am drugs. I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah, you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Doug Jones. Uh, one of my favorite lines of his, he's like telling Dave all about the things he's seen of his world. And he's like, I've, I've watched a man masturbate until he bled. Did he want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. So, th- I don't know. Overall, I, I just really, <sighs> I, I really like this movie. And I want to give it another, I want to give it another watch because yep. I'm sure there's m- more to take in from it. Yep. Like I, I, I think f- it is one of those movies you got to watch twice. <clears throat> yeah, I, like, I, I, I really enjoyed it even more the second time. I think that if you're if you're into drugs, if you're into doorknob dicks, and you're into exploding <laughs> eyeballs, this is the movie for you. Yeah, I will say that. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's just a weird movie. I have to watch it again. I, I. Yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say about it. It just it is what it is. Well, it's I, a this movie we, and just, Naked just Lunch. Just a shout out. Oh, go on. No, I was say this movie Naked Lunch just they stand on their own. Like mm. these two, there's no other movies. Maybe one other one somewhere that's like this, but they're just fucking weird movies, man. <laughs> All right, what's up, Mike? I have a little trivia about it too. Uh, one we didn't mention Angus Angus Scrim, who oh, plays yeah. a priest as like you know like a cameo, but also the voice of Korok is Kevin Michael Richardson, and he is the voice of Shredder in the. Uh, 2012 Ninja Turtles. He's also Goro in Mortal Kombat. Uh, Nice. I knew I knew the name, but I couldn't have placed him. Um, All right, cool. Let's uh, let's move on from from that masterpiece to the masterpiece of masterpieces. (laughs) Um, Easily my favorite (laughs) masterpieces of shit. My 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 favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie, and I know that I am in a very small minority yeah, it's of people you. that say that. It's you. It's just you. It's a minority of one. Um, listen, I am not sitting here and telling you that this movie is a fantastic movie. I just love it because, and I've I've talked about this before. It was my first Friday the Thirteenth movie I ever saw mm-hmm. when I was like thirteen years old, thirteen or fourteen. Before I was even into horror movies, I'd seen this. Um, and I, so I had no idea. So I just have fond memories of it. And I think the fact that it's just so different and it's so batshit crazy, that's why I love it. Like, it's it's just a weird, weird movie. It is. Uh, so the movie we're talking well, about... I can't, I can't make fun of you for that because my favorite Friday the 13th, you know what it is, right? Uh, Manhattan. Part 6. Oh, Part 6. Part... I love Part that's Six. a lot of people's worst, least favorite. <laughs> no, no, I, I like. I don't know. That I like my favorite. I like uh, Jason in Part Six, but Part Seven's my. I would say Part Seven's my favorite in looking at it in terms of like which one I actually. Is that just because it's the arrival were, of? Yeah, Kane Hodder. Yeah, yeah it, that one. I think if yeah. I had if I had to rank it, I would go probably seven. Jason goes to hell, and then like Jason X or something. Why? And I will I... say Kane. Go ahead. Kane Hodder is my favorite Jason, yeah, even of though he's not in my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah. <laughs> what? So. Uh, which one is Part Six? Why can't I think of that? Part Six is the one where he comes back Jason to life lives. by getting stabbed in the chest, oh, and a lightning bolt brings okay. him back. Yep. And he's and like, then there's z- the he's James Bond opening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's zombie Jason for the first time. Yeah, that's yep. Part Six. Okay. All right. So the movie we're talking about though is Jason Goes to Hell from 1993, directed by uh, the visionary Adam Marcus. 
Um, the, uh, the, the synopsis, <laughs> serial killer Jason Voorhees' supernatural origins are revealed. Are they ever? Um, yeah, so you have, uh, once again, you have uh, Kane Hodder that is reprising his role as Jason at least twice. Uh, he was actually, uh, <laughs> he, was, he was working for his money on this one. He played three different people. Three different yeah. people. Well, he was Jason Voorhees. He yep. was security guard number two. Yep. And also, he was Freddy Krueger's arm. Oh, good call. Spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> no. I'm ruining the this, ending. That's, that's the whole point of this about. episode. <laughs> Ruination. Yeah. <laughs> Which is going to my head, clearly. So, so this is the story of basically uh, the FBI sets up a, a trap for Jason. Uh, they get him. They blow him up. A coroner eats his heart, and then Jason's soul gets now passed. His his slug soul gets passed back and not slug soul gets passed between person to person. <laughs> and the idea is that Jason Voorhees is not so much of a, an individual person as much as it is like uh, a spirit, if you will. I guess like the soul of Jason. Um, I, I, but he's also a deadite. His jet, <laughs> his jet black heart. Hector. Yes, his jet black like, heart. His jet black heart is eaten by that guy. Like nom nom nom. <laughs> that part is so like that part. I, I I've said this before. I can watch people get their heads chopped off and people like get uh, like just gutted and stuff. It's always it's always like eating stuff or yeah. stuff that, around the mouth and nose area that really bothers me. It's like ugh, so gross. So when yeah. he just picks that disgusting black heart up and just takes a big bite out of it i'm like Whoa. that heart was essentially a giant gusher it was a gelatin oh, it was yeah. a gelatin heart with like cherry like filling <laughs> and so when he bit it the cherry filling with black uh dye so to make it like black blood oh is that actually what it was yeah yeah oh, so when okay. the guy bit into it it probably tasted amazing oh nice yeah the dude the the actor actually almost threw up on set just because he thought it was so disgusting what he was doing huh. um that signs of, signs of all good movies is when you know your actor almost true peaks. that is true I, I think at least <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I've always kind of said so like I I like this movie I do like it mm-hmm. um I love the beginning the, the beginning whole, the beginning the way they set it up like it's a like you know it's just a, a typical Jason movie you got some hot babe that shows up at the cabin she goes in and she she's not just hot she's uh <clears throat> <clears throat> Fine. Fine. Um, 1993 fine. And, uh, <laughs> the best kind of fine. Very 1993. <laughs> I love the way the beginning all plays out because it just plays out like a typical Jason movie. It ends with a chase scene. She's running through the woods in a towel, just like acting like the typical, like the typical Jason fodder. You know, she trips on some invisible root in the ground that's not actually there and blah 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 and then she ends up in the middle of this clearing in the woods and then all of a sudden the floodlights go on how how you didn't how you, how he didn't see any of these i mean he's just kind of i, I realize that he's, he's lumbering he's just guided by his instinct to kill so he probably but he seems pretty intelligent in the way he approaches his kills too well, sure so how would he not see like an entire army of people out there waiting for him. Well, let's be honest. N- nobody in this movie is particularly smart. That's I want to know who the FBI director was that put together this whole sting operation. Where they're like, listen, we're going to put you undercover and we're going to have this this killer who has killed more people in the history of serial killers. <laughs> He's going to come chase you. And then 
here's how we're going to get them. You're going to run half a mile through the woods <laughs> naked. All right. Now you have to, now 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 it, it's a short distance. Just stay with me here. He's, stay he's, with me. He's got to not kill you, but you're going to be alone in the house. No one else is going to be near you. Now, by the way, you have to be naked because that's what gets them to come out. So you have to run half a, half a mile naked and barefoot through the woods, and then just once you get here, we got it. From we'll there. take care of it. <laughs> Well, do it for your country. On. Well, Come on. And then to add to the stupidity, they have him surrounded on all sides, and they're shooting at him with heavy artillery. <laughs> They'd all be uh, dead. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if you. I don't know if you've ever thought about if everybody stands in a big circle and shoots toward the middle. There's gonna be a little bit of friendly fire there. Like how? Oh, every, no, no, no. How you everybody just, you didn't just end the up dead. Yeah. Yeah, you, you just, just shoot hey, the guy in the center. Yeah, hey, hey boys, make sure your aim is true because we got some rockets and shit that are going to go off. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was a flyby. I'm pretty sure they <laughs> dropped a missile from a plane on. Oh, him. they did. They and, absolutely did. And, and that props to that to that fighter pilot because his aim was impeccable. Must, he missed all the guys like 20 feet away. Must have been a blue angel for <laughs> must, sure. Must have been. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like some straight up stunt <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh my god! So I, I actually, I, when, when he blows up, though, it is the most epic scene. Oh yeah! I, the, 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 like you said, the intro to this movie, like that whole first sequence, mm-hmm. is awesome. It's such a good sequence. Yeah. I think that's why I love this movie so much because that was my first experience with Jason was that scene, mm-hmm. and it's such a good opening sequence. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I took I took a, a sound class in college. Right, this is in the film and video program at Grand Valley. And uh, we were told to bring in your favorite scenes from movies. You know, people brought in a lot of scenes that that were uh, pertained to sound, sound design. One kid, (laughs) one guy brought in this scene. (laughs) It was the best thing ever. Was it Hackman? (laughs) No, but he might as well have been. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. It's just hilarious. What, uh, just out of curiosity, what scene did you bring in? Uh, what? Oh. Jenna Jenna loves Bella. I forget. (laughs) You know, actually, I brought in, I brought in a CD. I brought in the Mars Volta sound, uh, CD, their first album. Uh, because it wasn't just scenes from movies. Oh, it's just sound, (laughs) just sound in general. It's a good sound in general, like different sound designs and stuff. It's a good record, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Rick Rubin, you know. Rick Rubin, that anyway. crazy hippie. <laughs> crazy hippie. Um, yeah, so so he dies. Uh, like we said, he goes to the corners. The dude eats the heart in one of the most epic heart-eating scenes ever. I mean, it's, it's disgusting, nine. and it's awesome, <laughs> and it's... This is what I love about this, though. So once the soul of Jason takes over the corner, he walks out into the hall, and uh, Kane Hodder and his uh, his friend, the other security guard, they make fun of him. They make fun of Jason. Apparently, Jason cannot take a little bullying. Throughout this entire no. movie, like whenever Jason, someone just like makes fun of Jason, he has to turn around and just slaughter them, which I understand that's what he does, but it really makes Jason look kind of like a bitch. <laughs> like, well, like no, he, no, no, no. He just no. can't take a little ribbing. <laughs> no, th- well, think, think about Jason's history. Like, he was, he, the, the very reason that he, he was, was an out, outcast mm. was because he was relentlessly made fun of by the campers and the counselors. You know what? You know what? You're absolutely right, and you're inadvertently making me like this movie even more. Because now it makes more sense. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm advertently making you look like a dumbass. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the the biggest complaint that people have about this movie though is that uh, well, quite frankly, Jason's not in it. 
No. Uh, you basically have the soul of Jason walking around <laughs> in all these different incarnations, and he's killing people, but it's not Jason. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not until the very, very end that you see Jason in his full form again. It's actually like the last ten minutes of the movie, right. if that. Um, and so that's that's people's biggest complaint about it is that it's not really a true Friday the Thirteenth movie because they took Jason out of it. I mean, you see him in reflections in the mirror and stuff sometimes. Yeah. Like if somebody looks in the like if he was in the uh, the body of the the, sh the sheriff at one point in time, right? Yeah. And somebody looked in the mirror and saw the reflection of Jason. Yep. So you get the you get the essence of him, but yeah, that's why yeah. I've always kind of thought that this movie, uh, even though I I do enjoy it as a as a Friday the Thirteenth movie, this movie could just be a standalone horror film about somebody else, um, about some you know some demon that could travel through. Yes. From body to body, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I it, it could it really could be. There's a lot of the themes in this movie that you just don't see in other movies. Like why why um suddenly were the FBI able to put Jason in a sting operation? Why is there a bounty hunter that knows who Jason is? Why I mean there are, I have answers for all these questions, but <laughs> as the movie stands on its okay. own, even in its unrated form, there's no answers to those questions. And it really doesn't like it, it's it's out of context almost. Mm -hmm. um, to answer my questions, uh, there's actually a comic book series that bridges the gap between Jason Takes Manhattan and The Final Friday, Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, really? And it, it bridges the gap showing how he goes from uh, basically being like the toxic dump where he was at the end of Manhattan, and it's like his killing spree on his way back to Crystal Lake leading up to that woman and why the FBI were able to get him in the sting. Like, it actually fills that gap. So enlighten us a little bit here. Uh, I didn't read it, so I oh, yeah. Please I'm do. just saying, no, I'm <laughs> just saying it's there. It, it, it exists. I'm surprised um, that you haven't read okay. it. However, the Creighton, Have you not read it? No, I've not. Uh, the, uh, the Creighton Duke storyline, though, actually, there was a whole scene in the movie that was taken out where it explains that uh, Jason killed Creighton Duke's girlfriend. And so, and he was already a bounty hunter, so he made it his personal mission to learn all about Jason, how to kill him. Right. And that's why he knows so much about him. That's why he's been studying him. And if you don't know that, the movie, like, who's, who's Creighton Duke? Like, why is this, why is now, after ten movies, there's now, or nine movies, there's a random bounty hunter that seems to know everything about Jason? Like, it really doesn't make any sense. Well, it's not completely not, unrealistic. Not, everyth not just everything about Jason that we know, right? He also knows that Jason's ability to wear other people's bodies like other people wear a suit. <laughs> That's never been in that any other instinctively movie. about Jason. So I wonder. Can do that. So so to bridge the gap a little bit here, because you've discussed before that uh, there's a certain element of this movie that makes it clear, well, makes it clear or an assumption or whatever, however you want to look at it, that Jason might actually be a deadite. Okay, so Adam. A la Evil Dead. So Adam so Marcus. Maybe maybe Creighton, Creighton Duke even exists in. In that realm, in I the mean, Evil Dead realm, and knows and knows a lot about the Deadites. Sure. And thus, sure, it, it kind of has that knowledge about uh, about uh, Jason being able to skip from body to body. Yeah. So for those for those uh, who have no idea what we're talking about, um, Adam Marcus has recently come out uh, finally after all these years, and he explains why there's so much Evil Dead reference in 
this movie. Not only do you have the Necronomicon at one point in time that is in the Voorhees household, like the and and, and by the way, that is the actual Necronomicon from Evil Dead Two. Sam the, Raimi, the Book of the Dead. In the case Book of the you Dead. Don't know what yeah. that is, yeah. Sam Raimi, the director of the Evil Dead franchise, actually had possession of that prop that he was borrowing from Tom Sullivan, the effects director mm-hmm. or the, or the effects guy. Um, Raimi loaned it to the Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, um, production to use for this, mm-hmm. but didn't tell Tom Sullivan, and Tom Sullivan was pissed. Oh, really? Because yeah, he was pissed. He goes, "This is my work. You used it." That being said, though, Sam Raimi gave this dude a career, and it's like it's Sam Raimi. Like, how how pissed would you really be? Like, I don't know. I don't think I would be personally, but I don't know. Well, that's I neither here nor there. It's something you created, and you get no credit or money for yeah. your True. creation to be in another movie. True, yeah. you know, yeah. I get it. Definitely, but um, but, but he also, but they also yeah. had the Kandarian dagger at the end as being the way to kill Jason, mm-hmm. which is the way that you killed uh, Evil Ash in like Army of Darkness. You had the Kandarian dagger, uh, or not not uh, not Army of Darkness in uh, Evil Dead Two. Mm-hmm. You had the, uh, the the Kandarian dagger yeah. to kill the Deadites, um, and it was always his uh, intention, even though he didn't have the rights to say Evil Dead or to actually say that it was taking place in that universe. Uh, Adam Marcus wanted to make a backstory and he loved the idea of the evil dead. And he decided to make Jason an honest to God deadite and mix those two worlds together. And just heavily imply that he heavily implied. Right. Yeah. Without actually coming out and saying it. Right. So, you know, the original cut of this movie was 130 minutes long. So who knows what's missing out of those? I would love to see that cut of the movie. I don't know if it exists, but, um, I would love to see it to see if but they this, expand more on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Being that it this, was intentionally there. Suggests that Jason is a deadite. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that three-hour delay that I was talking about, guys. That's exactly that's what that is. <laughs> and you know, Jason's not really in this movie. It's other actors. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Vito. You're... <laughs> Ruination is uh, 8.5% alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is actually really fun. Tony Todd auditioned for the role of Creighton Duke, and I'm pretty sure they made a huge mistake by not casting Absolutely, him. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I like I like this actor. I really do. But yeah, I, you always you long for that Tony Todd performance of Creighton Duke. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Stephen Williams. I, I want to hear Tony. I want to hear Tony Todd say. I think of a little girl in a pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut. Yeah, yeah that that line is is just creepy to me. I I don't really understand why that was written. I I don't really understand it. But it's a thing. Maybe he was on the sauce. Maybe they were on the soy sauce. I think so. Um, you also Toby Hooper was originally um, considered to direct this. So like, there's so many oh, avenues shit. that this movie could have taken. When it, I mean, granted, he was just considered. It wasn't that he was attached to it or anything. But it like, would have been a completely different completely thing, though. Completely different. There, movie. He, I don't think Toby Hooper would would have ever gone the Deadite. No, God no. The Deadite no. direction, you Deadite. know. So in that yeah. way, it really think, wouldn't have made much sense. Like the Deadite connection actually makes this movie make more sense to me. Yeah. Because otherwise, there really was. In any of the other installments, was there ever, ever like a. Was there ever any uh, hint that Jason could do something like this? No. Where he could no, jump from a, body to body? Completely new no, concept. 
Not um, only that, but like the whole mythology of only a Voorhees can kill Jason. Yep. And Jason has a sister. And only she or her unborn or her baby can kill Jason. Yeah, they're, they're the last mythology in the is created in this movie. Yep. And now, I think that's also kind of like why people don't like it, but I don't mind it myself. I, 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 I don't mind cool. either. I actually like his original story treatment. I was reading about this today. I mm-hmm. had no idea about this, but I love it. So Adam Marcus's original story treatment, uh, ignoring Jason Takes Manhattan. So this would have ignored, this would have been the original uh, soft reboot, if you will, in the middle of a franchise. So ignoring Jason Takes Manhattan, uh, uh, Marcus picked up where part uh, seven, New Blood, left off. Jason neutralized and trapped uh, Jason ne- neutralized and trapped at the bottom of Crystal Lake. The film would open with a mystery man dredging up Jason's body so that an autopsy could be performed in a nearby cabin converted into a science lab. So somebody knew he was there and dug him up purposely. So it was more to... just out of curiosity than sure. anything else. Uh, we're supposed to expect, or we were supposed to expect Jason to wake up and go berserk. However, as a surprise, Jason would awake only to watch his own black heart being torn out by the mystery man. This would instantly render him powerless and the mystery man would consume the heart, thereby, thereby absorbing Jason's power. I wonder, the big, on, the yeah, big okay. reveal would be the identity of the man Elias, Elias Voorhees, Jason's never seen, never mentioned father. See, yeah, like that would have been really cool. They could have taken that direction, and I would have been fine with it. Yeah, like that would have been really. You know what's? Uh, you know what's interesting about that is Jason lives. J- Jason, my part six. Uh, they originally thought of introducing Mister Voorhees at the end of that movie as well. This is. It seemed like that a, was actually the director's thought, uh, idea of like introducing Mr. Voorhees. Like Jason would die in part six, and Jason Voorhees would like take over for the rest of the yeah, franchise. So, so this is an idea that's been going on for a while, and they've just never pulled the trigger on it. Mm-hmm. It's like they start it and then stop, start it and stop. It's happened like three or four times. Yeah, it seems yeah. like. Like, I would love we to see an, an Elias Voorhees, Voorhees storyline. I think that Let's could be really it. cool. I mean, why, yeah. I mean, why not? People would hate it. Don't get me wrong. People would absolutely lose their shit if Jason was suddenly killed and it was Elias Voorhees that continued the franchise. Like, yeah. people, people would have a shit. He should fit wear over it, like but... a football helmet and <laughs> terrorize teenagers. But you know what though? If Cunningham is, uh, or not Cunningham, um, the guy that won the rights. I can't think of his name offhand right oh, now. Oh, uh, Victor. Uh, um, uh, Victor. Victor Miller. Victor Miller. If Victor yeah. Miller is trying to make a new movie though mm-hmm. and can't use Jason. Elias Voorhees is a real good, uh, or, or or the dad in general. I think that's what a lot of people have been talking about. Is a really good place for him to go. Mm-hmm. Like I said, people will hate it, yeah. but I'd watch it. Well, yeah, I'd probably watch it and love it just because it's different. <laughs> I think that's why I like sequels, even though they're worse than their originals. Mm-hmm. Like I love Independence Day Resurgence. It's the best Independence <laughs> Day sequel ever made. Um, but I love watching it though because I've seen Independence Day so many times. I don't need to watch that movie. I just need to think about it, and I watched it. I've seen it so many times, right. you know? So you, you say this in, like, every podcast <laughs> episode ever. It's just a really good example, though. Like, it's a new story with characters that you know. Mm-hmm. You know? And it doesn't matter if it's necessarily better than the original. It's just a fresh story. It's something different. It's something new. You know, I, I have a soft spot for that. Like, you know, I like a lot of sequels that people just don't, don't typically like because it's not the same status quo popular versions of those characters yeah. right you know i, I, think that's I, all I like is. jason goes to hell because they actually did try to do something different because yeah. 
I mean, yeah, we'd like it just a typical Jason movie, whatever. Same thing happens. But this was they were trying to do something different with the franchise. And I mean, this is part nine. As you can like, try something. As you can out, tell, you know? yeah, I agree. As you can tell too, like this movie is not what it started off being. Like this movie is a hodgepodge. Yeah. One of the reasons why it probably didn't turn out so great. Forty-three minutes of the final film came from reshoots or repurposed footage. Really? 43 huh. minutes. It's half wow. the movie. Wow. Really? Came from reshoots or repurposed. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, like there, there's this movie was, I would love to read the original script to this movie. Like the original going into production script. You think it's out there somewhere? I have no idea, but now I want to track it down. Yeah. Ask, ask Vito. I'm you really read good. read it on this podcast. I'm really good at tracking down uh, unused scripts. But, um, yeah, it's just it's just crazy. There's a, a new documentary called uh, The Dark Heart of Jason Voorhees that's coming out. Mm-hmm. That is, it's a documentary just about this one entry in the franchise. Really, um, and it's going to go into like, depth, um, like the the Crystal Lake Memories documentary, which is that four and a half hour long like uh, franchise overlook. I gotta finish that. I started amazing. it once and I never finished it. I really there's, gotta finish that. There's about a good yeah, solid half an hour to 35 minutes just on this and it's really informative. Mm-hmm. But to get like a full documentary mm. that is just about this, yeah. you're gonna hear all about the Deadite stuff. You're gonna hear all, you know, all the Evil Dead stuff. Sure. You're gonna probably hear what the original ideas were, what changed, what did this. Like, um, Is there any help. information on a, a release for that? Or is it's, it just kind it's, of? It's in production right now. Okay. So it'll it'll be coming out probably within the next year. Oh, cool! That's um, pretty exciting. Like hell, I had no idea that uh, Sean Cunningham actually had to step in at the very end of production, actually take over directing, because the actress uh, didn't agree to do a nude scene, and Adam Marcus just thought he could talk her into doing it, and she walked off the set. Really? So Sean Cunningham basically had wow. to remove him from the set, take over directing duties to get her to come back so they could finish the fucking scene. Like. <laughs> There's so much crazy wow. shit that would happened. You, uh, would you say he was very cunning? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he was very ham. <laughs> yeah. Sean. Uh, Sean. So, I, all right. Yeah, do, you like, guys, do you guys have any favorite moments or favorite kills from the movie? Um, for me, it will always be that opening scene that we talked about, Jason's death. Like, that to me is is the big one. Um, I just... Th- it, when I think of this movie, I think of Jason exploding into a million pieces, and it's and it's just the most disgusting explosion too. It's very wet. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. Like it's a very wet body explosion, um. uh, and, it, and, it, and it's it's just. <laughs> uh, mine is also a very wet scene. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when the uh, the sheriff. Uh, like melts and falls apart. Oh yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The sheriff, yes. by the way, who worked for Cunningham County. Did you guys notice that at yeah, all? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, that was a great scene. Yeah, I love that great scene. scene. It's great. Um, yeah, it, it was effects by K and B. Yep. Too. It's, yep. So. It's kind of like when we were watching it. I was like, it's almost like the. Uh, it's almost like, it's almost the reverse of Frank's return in Hellraiser. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> instead of instead of instead yeah. of the body slowly melting out of the floor and becoming whole, it's just it's kind of like you see the exact reverse of it. He just well, melts into the ground. They also did they also did a body melt like that in Evil Dead Two. Only it was for a monster, but Henrietta, her uh, the neck and head did right. that body melt thing too. Yeah. And being that there's so much Evil Dead influenced stuff on this movie, I almost wonder if maybe that was an homage to that. Totally. Could very well have been. Yeah. K and B did the effects yeah. on that as well. So I mean. Well, I mean, yeah, it wasn't K and B at the time, but it was Nicotero and I uh, working under or working with uh, with them. So it's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, what about you, Vito? You got a favorite part? 
I mean, I think this is one of the best endings in any horror movie with the Freddy Krueger glove. Oh, oh yeah, we yeah, even talked about that. Grabbing talk about Jason's mask. Yeah, so like, so they did. That's just no matter what. Like that's just sends a chill down my spine. It's like, so every good. Time I see it's it, I'm so like, good. Oh, that's so cool. It's it's one of those endings I don't think you'd ever see these days. Like I don't think that you would see a franchise do that like these a crossover days unless like that, yeah. unless something was already set up. Now, right. New Line at the point this is the first uh, Jason movie that New Line put out. New mm-hmm. Line also owned Freddy Krueger, so that's why they were able to do it finally. But it took like another. What seven to ten years or something like that? However, I forget how yeah. long it was. It was a long time, it was a long time, and it was planned that entire uh, before, time for, before Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but they had the idea to do it though, even back yeah. then. Right, it just took forever to come out. Right, um, and that's why they, they made Jason, Jason X. X instead. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that the the ending actually brought up some some stuff for me because um, Freddy reaches up seemingly from hell right and yep. and takes takes jason's mask back down to hell but freddy where did they leave him in that because freddy exists in a dream world so what what are we supposed to well, take from what are we supposed to take away from that ending because he's actually physically reaching up from hell or whatever well, and the way and i always pulling him back down into into hell the but that's that, not where freddy is the way he's, that i sort of always took it is that uh freddy krueger the the man was killed in real mm, life yeah i always took it as the dream world actually being a form of hell okay because he's dead he's a spirit he's a demon he's whatever you want to call him like, right. so i always just kind of assumed that, that was a version of hell so it makes totally sense if he drags like if a, jason can't actually die that means that if when he's immobile he's like in a coma or sleeping or whatever mm-hmm and so that would mean Is that Freddy... like a hell dimension. Yeah, yeah. Like I, So it always made sort of sense to me in that respect. Mm-hmm. And then also that was after... Uh, I'm pretty sure that was after Freddy's dead where they do actually kill him. So maybe okay. he's in hell. The real hell. Who knows? Right. You know, you could take it, I think, probably both ways. Okay. Yeah, but that's fine. But yeah, seeing Freddy Krueger's hand come up and take his mask was just like the ultimate, like genre fans like wet dream it really was like that was that was something that genre fans just wanted like Mm -hmm. that was i don't think you'd ever seen a mashup like that before maybe back in the day frankenstein and the wolfman and drag you know they had those mashups but none of the new breed of of monsters ever had that so that actually that actually suggests that freddy exists in the evil dead universe as well yes yep hmm Sure, yep. sure do. Ash Interesting. Versus Jason versus Freddy. Yes. Or whatever. And that's this called. also <laughs> isn't the first time. This is not the first time that that uh, the Evil Dead uh, or the Freddy Krueger glove was in Evil Dead. Oh yeah, that's right. So this isn't the first time that you've seen Freddy Krueger's glove in the Evil Dead world either. Right. So these these all these timelines mash up together and intertwine. In a weird way, They're because probably, because Freddy's glove was in Evil Dead Two. Two was yeah, right? it was it was in the uh, I believe it was two. Ha- yeah, hanging was in the shed. Hanging in the shed. Yeah. Right. So hmm, interesting. Not the first time. Very cool. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, <laughs> that's that's Jason goes to hell. If you've never seen it, if you've always thought I don't need to watch this movie because it's the shittiest one, I mean I'm not gonna say don't go into it expecting your mind to be blown, but like go into it with an open mind. It's not a bad movie. Hmm. You know, this movie's gotten shit for far too yeah. long, and damn it, we're bringing it back. Yeah, if you're not... I mean, There's so you, much good parts in it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can't be... I mean, if, if, you know, like some people are purists about their about their Jason and about their Freddy and their Michael and stuff, but if you go into it with an open mind, definitely. It's an awesome movie. Yep, I agree. Yep. So that's, uh, that is Jason Goes to Hell. 
Yes, sir. I do have two honorable mentions about this movie real quick. Let's do it. One is after the the one the guy the, you know like the former husband or the baby daddy yeah. guy runs down Jason with his car, but it, Jason's in the form of Robert, the the girl's girl uh, boyfriend. Robert Campbell. Anyone? He, she's like she starts freaking out, you know. And he just goes, "I just love what he says." He goes, "Calm down, calm down, shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's one honorable mention. And the second honorable mention is uh, when Jason becomes a little raptor alien thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. That's his, the, that's his demon the spawn of version Jessica's of Jessica's mother births him. <laughs> and out comes Jason with the hockey mask. Why does he still have the hockey mask on? <laughs> Nothing makes sense. It really <laughs> doesn't. But I love it. So... There you go. Well, keep in mind, this movie, the end of this movie was completely pieced together, so who knows? Maybe that footage of him having the hockey mask again, maybe it made sense at one point in time, and then it got butchered so much that it just was shit. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But uh, like I said, that's, that's Jason Goes to Hell. Watch it. Um, form your own opinion on it. Uh, at least give it that. Um, and that will do it. Uh, that'll do it for this week. That'll do it, boys. That'll do it. Well, hey, Vito. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing yeah. this, man. We're we're bummed out that you couldn't be here in person last week, but uh, then that's completely Mike's fault. Yeah, completely my fault. But uh, we're <laughs> it's glad, completely Mike's fault. We're glad we could make this work. This was yeah. fun. And if for some reason this yeah, audio, yeah, this is great, guys. Thank for, you so much. If for some reason the audio doesn't actually cut together, then there's just going to be a whole lot of one-sided conversations on this episode, and it'll still be fun to listen well, to. Just if in I case, screwed up this recording, <laughs> and it's just all over-modulated, and this is terrible. I'm going to sit here for the since we're on a three-hour time difference. I'm going to sit here for the next three hours, waiting for the rest of the audio to roll in and sync up, and then I'm going to go home. So. <laughs> It's going to be a late night, boys. All right, guys. Uh... Well, hey, uh, if you want to find us on social media, do so. Yep. On SoundCloud, Instagram, and Facebook at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can find us on uh, on the Twitters at the Buzzed Kill PC. You can find us on all of the streaming sites. Clearly, you've already found us if you're listening to this. Uh, but we're on all of them. And also, we are officially on Tinder. Swipe right, baby. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just said swipe right, and you pointed left. <laughs> Oh, it's been a long night, It's Michael. been a long night. If you want to find J-Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. That's right. All, all right, right, guys. Cheers. Fellas. Cheers, Vito. Good one. Cheers. cheers, boys. Hey, Mikey. See you later, bud. Huh? Remember? You die at the end. Oh. <laughs>